Welcome back to the Ag Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a man who survived four successive Mambos, unable to withstand another, Jay. Joining as always is my co-host, Mambo number five, Z. How are you doing today, Z? Pretty good. That's good. Better than that guy with his fifth Mambo. On the way. It's, it's impending doom, huh? Yeah. Can't escape it. I mean, the Mambos come ever, ever closer. <laughs> you right there? Uh, this week, the show we thought we'd hate came on. The That's Lord of right. The Rings, the Rings of Power on Amazon. The first two episodes. I didn't know it was the first two episodes. So before I watched it, I was like, oh, God, I watched two hours of this shit. Oh, no. Then I watched it and I went, a little too, maybe I was like like Thanos. Maybe I was a bit too harsh on it. I think so, Jack. I think perhaps we treated them. We treated it too, too harshly. Yeah. Because I think, I mean, just right off the, the, the jump here, I thought this was pretty good. I did too. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it all the way through. I was like, that's some good stuff. I had a good time you know, with it. Yeah, I saw people online just on the Lord of the Rings meme subreddit. It was one of those things where all the posts I saw were just people complaining about people complaining. And I never saw any of the actual complaints because I'm like, well, this, am, are these people even real? What? Yeah, they're definitely real. Well, they're definitely real, but it was just one of those things where it's like, I don't, I haven't seen them. So it's like, it's, it feels like they're yelling at nothing. I'm like, well, I haven't seen these yet, but if I looked for them, I'd probably find them, but I don't really a, care to. But it's a thing that can happen with social media where I feel like you, people on a social media are complaining about people on a different one. And they get, you know, because every social media is just the same six posts in like a big circle now. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like it's, I, you know, Twitter's the one where I feel like people go to really whine and complain about everything. Yeah, that's true. Or like the main, I guess I wasn't on the main Lord of the Rings subreddit. I was on like the meme one. So it was mm. memes about people complaining probably on the main one. I wasn't on the main one around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's what it is. So, oh, yeah. uh, what are what is the episodes called? Oh boy, rings again, and Jesus. Um, time for more ringing. It's okay. ringing time. I go ringing again. <laughs> oh boy. If I never see the word woke again, it'll be too soon. I think, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Get yeah, a different I'm waiting word. for that word. Almost. Like goodness. All right. Uh, episode one is called "A Shadow of the Past." Episode two is called "Adrift." Oh, but let's just get into the beginning here. This this all fires up, right? Um, right. It's like they do like the beginning of the movies where like Elijah does a voiceover, which I appreciate. I think it's fun. Well, I guess before that, they do, they do a little like preamble yeah. kind of thing. Elijah's a little girl in Valinor, and her elf friends are shitheads for some reason. Yeah, they're just they're just real, like you're both not gonna float, and they're like, and yes, it is, and they throw rocks at a little paper crane. It's like, guys, what are you? Aren't you guys supposed to be in elf heaven? Why aren't you guys all being mean to this? Yeah, to I friend? had the same thought. I was like, you guys are in heaven right now. It's only getting worse from here. You guys better chill. Like, <laughs> if you think it's bad now, wait till, wait till you get to the earth. I was like, man, there were shitty, there were sh- little shitheads even in elf heaven. Goddamn. She no wonder they us- suck and are, are mean yeah, in Lord right. of the Rings. It makes this incredible, like, origami boat machine. <laughs> Like has like moving parts and shit, and they're like, "See, I told you, boat wouldn't float." It's like it floated for a good long while till you smashed it with a rock, dum dum. <laughs> yeah, till you threw a rock just downward at it. She's so then there's a voiceover, and she's like, "Yeah, when we lived in Valinor, it was sick because we were in Elf Heaven, and then we didn't get to live there anymore. We had to come to Middle Earth yeah. and fight in wars." And... All right, so I there wrote down, that. but she says, uh, "In those days, we had no word for death." That's a sick quote. Oh, yeah. And what is it? We it was so old we hadn't yet felt the sunrise or something because of the trees yeah some something like that it's like i don't know I, there's obviously i mean we should preface this any discussion we're about to have with this is that we're not talking uh scholars by any means 
people know way no. more than us um and there's much more to be known like it's one of the most expansive you know universes out there to to be a real real nerd about if you if you're so inclined yeah i mean you, you can't be both a star you can't be do them with star wars and tolkien you'd have no time in the day if you did both that's right so i i know a lot i know some stuff here and there uh but so I yeah, there's like two, there's like several eras before the actual ages when they come to Middle Earth. Right. Yeah. For a while there's just two lights in the sky, and then the spider eats the lights, I think, or something. Well, the in El Heaven they got the two the two trees of light, the gold tree and the no, silver before tree. Before they had the lights, they had, before they had the trees, they had lights. Oh, they had big lamps. That's what it was. Big lamps. Big lamps. Yeah, 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 something like that. And the the spider kills the trees. The big spider doesn't kill the lamps. I don't think. Because it, uh, it drinks, because right. Melkor stabs the tree, from what I know, and like, and like the spider eats all the sap, and then Something the bad tree dies. The, the lights, though, and then it's the age, of, and then it's the years of the trees, and then they kill the trees, and then they have to leave, and they have to go to Middle Earth and yeah. die and shit, and they don't, they don't care for it. But I was like, that's cool. It's, right. it's a, I've always found interesting about like the elves and that. There's that thing people always point to, and like I don't, it's, it's, I don't know. People like to get shitty about it because Lord of the Rings fans are some of the most the most particular fans out there but um <laughs> in uh lord of the rings there's the moment after boromir dies where legolas is like he looks really like shaken by it so then gimli and aragorn even like aragorn's taking it like a champ like comforting boromir as he dies right and legolas is just like yeah. like i don't know like genuine shock of like what the fuck is going on <laughs> it, it seems to be like the look on his face because it and people have like expected like oh like this might be one of the first times that Legolas has been like genuinely confronted with mortality. Yeah, because it's not a thing the elves really do. And people be like, "Oh, but his mom." And it's like, "Yeah, his mom got like kidnapped and she was real sad, I think." And then she went to yeah, she, she got to go to heaven. She didn't even die. So, it's not really the same thing. Right. Yeah, and he knows like, he's going to see his mom again cuz he's yeah. going to heaven eventually. When he's he's just like, "My friend Bormir is dying right there." Like, and he's going to be dead forever. Like, it did, but whatever. I always find that interesting that the elves were like too good they're, they're kind of like the definition of like too pure for the world right then they yeah. have to go to war and it's the fucking war it's like it's like the fall it's all the bad shit that happened in the first age i guess right with morgoth and yeah they don't have, they don't have access to those names though right they're like here's the list of them we're gonna we're gonna say their names because we can't legally <laughs> we only have so many of the the rights here appendices we only have I, the appendices the, yeah I didn't think it was sick though when that wyvern kicks that eagle in that fireball and it oh just God. explodes and I'm like, holy shit, that's sick hardcore. They go right from fancy elf heaven to just like chaos, madness. It's just, and then, well, and then she says, right? And then we had many words for death and it's like, jeez. All, all those helmets stacked up. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's chaos. Man. There's like bad, there's lots of bad stuff that happened in the first age. There's like all the Balrogs and there's like killing of, um, the kinslaying, which is like the first time elves kill elves, and they're like, "What the fuck?" It's all the worst shit in the world. It's weird because it's like I don't know what the elves had weapons for in Valinor, anyways. But yeah, I, th I thought they wouldn't be allowed to have weapons. They'd be like, "Well, you don't need the Why weapons here because you're." Why would they even want weapons? Yeah. You know what I mean? But whatever. What, yeah. What would? Yeah. They had a cut thing. They just like to prepare food. Bows, though. Did they have to hunt? I guess they had to hunt. So maybe they had bows for hunting, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Ooh." Can you see something? Because supposed to kill people. Yeah, she thought she, they thought their joys would be unending. They weren't. So that kind of sets up the whole thing. Is that so? The first age happens, although it kind of glosses right over like an entire age, right? Because they go from the years of the trees to trees die, and then they're on the on Middle Earth, and then Middle they're Earth. doing war for a, an entire age, basically. Not really. Like it wasn't that bad because they got to go to Middle Earth and build cities, right? 
They mm-hmm. all the all the nice cities they have. Gondolin, right? They built Gondolin, mm-hmm. and then Gondolin fell. Like so, there's you know, but whatever. The point is, they go real quick, yeah. and they're like, "Yeah, we had to fight. All the elves agreed to Morgoth because he sucked. They fight the war. It looks cool. It's like the be- again. It's very similar to the beginning of Lord of the Rings, isn't it? Just in oh, Lord yeah. of the Rings, the votes over like nice pulled out people doing stuff. No one's really talking. The beginning of ship. It's the end of the second age with you know the War of the Last Alliance, which is what this show is maybe building towards. towards. And then it kind of gets all the way to Monday, and they're like, "We won mostly. Like we we beat them. Rough. And my brother died. He's died now. Yeah, no, I, I took up his quest. I'm on revenge to kill Sauron. I gotta find him again. And uh, that's that's where we pick up. So they're in like the far north. Galadriel and her company is being for him, and they're like, "Ah, I found this rune, so we're on the right path." All her homies are. Uh, Posts about it, and they're like, "We should just go back home." I think We've gone too far. Yeah. I don't know. You just There's found actual here. evidence. It's probably when you when you double down. But yeah, I would think it's like, well, we just found his mark. It's it's still hot enough that it like forms. So if somebody was here. We just found a troll in here. So it feels like somebody doesn't want us to see this. If he kills a uh, troll. Yeah, it was a, a big ice troll. Ice. People were real mad about her jumping off that sword. So mad. They're so mad that she killed a troll. Like, I've had my own takes of this, right? I mentioned it a couple times on, on here when we've talked about the show. Is like, I think there's something less interesting about just making Galadriel into... She's got a sword and a shield and whatever, right? Um, and she yeah. just goes around stabbing things. Because the interesting thing about Galadriel is that she's, like, the most powerful sorcerer on Middle-earth, not sword fighter, but whatever. I also think there's something, like, there. If you... Someone more invested than I could probably... <laughs> Just better into words, but the the whole idea of like, well, why can't she just be a woman who's like feminine and also strong and powerful? Why is it like, well, to be a strong female character, she has you know sword and armor. It be like a, yeah, she's to be like a male, have male like qualities or properties. But I don't I need to be getting all that necessarily. <laughs> but I don't know. She she can kill a freaking troll, man. Like so I've, I've seen so many people call her. Literally, I really have. They sue for that. Because she she is able to stab an, a troll, and it's like uh, it's like three thousand years old already. First of all, she's a troll. Second of all, three thousand years old already, bro. Like, that's the thing about elves is like even not particularly notable ones should be unbelievably skilled. And oh yeah, how, how could you live for three thousand years and not just be perfect at existing? Pretty much, right? Oh, it'd just be it's just from even if you spent like a hundred years, it just took five years off every other time. You still have like. <laughs> 1500 years to just do a thing one thing they should be better like it's why they're better at walking than us right in in lower yeah, they don't like why would they don't they, like sink in snow like do is walk for 1500 years like they would be they would have learned how to do it better they wouldn't make mistakes they wouldn't like have weird they're like immortal and they don't fall ill and they don't like they're just they're perfect beings but if galadriel wasn't one of them which she kind of is she would be able to fight a freaking troll dude like come on she can stab oh, yeah. a troll a Absolutely. Jesus Christ. To cut on his legs and shit. Like, it, not even a problem. And she is. Again, she's Galadriel. She's, like, one of the best of them. She's, like, the one Sauron feared the most, maybe. He was almost the... She almost took the ring, Jack. Instead of a, I mean, dark, she, she queen, of a dark lord, they would have had a queen. Beautiful and terrible as the oh, dawn. It's the very dawn. Would love her in despair. Like, she's sick as. She's got a ring. Well, she doesn't have a ring yet, but... She's gonna get one. Come on, guys. You're gonna watch this and be like, I don't know if Galadriel's good enough to kill a troll. Jesus Christ! Like, Probably they don't. They just don't know anything. They're just like, not hey, even, watch a movie and I don't like, pay attention. Yeah, but again, in the movie, she's sick ass. That whole moment where she's right. like, "Whoa, it's one a little, almost one a little too much there." Oh, sorry about that, Frodo. I mean, to spook you. You probably should leave though. 
Get out of here. Out of here. One, I I passed my test. I get to go to heaven now. But so they're having a good time, and then she comes back and she meets her buddy Elrond. So we're getting all our all our principal characters, right? Um, yeah, all the fellows. Elrond's like, "You did good, Galadriel. You did so good that you've clearly proven that Sauron is gone." She's like, "I don't think that's what I've found at all, actually." But I think I've only found that he's still out there, and we need to get him. He's like, he's like, eh, "Don't even worry about that. Just like, go hey, to heaven. Hey, forget hey. about it." Galad, the Elven High King, who's he's pretty, he's pretty all right. Yeah, he's all right. Um, kind of looks like looks, Kevin Spacey. Looks, they did a pretty good job. See, and this is what's annoying is like Galadriel looks obviously similar enough to Kate Blanchett, right? Um, yeah. Her, in her appearance in this, Galad looks a lot like the guy they had play him in Fellowship in a brief flashback. See right? that he's in. Spoiler alert! Uh, he dies in the War of the Last Alliance, there, right? In the Battle of Right, yeah. Battles at you know the the last one, the big last one. Um, <laughs> the the last battle, even. Yeah, he dies. So he looks very similar. So good on him. But he's like, he did good. And it, and Elrond's there, and Elrond's a speechwriter. Right? There's that kind of right. Movie, yeah, which is interesting because um, I don't know. Like, I think there's something to be said about how this show is going to have similarities to House of the Dragon in that it's based off of a source material, right? But it's a mm. source material that isn't really a story in a lot of ways. It's right? just kind of a, an account. Like the Silmarillion, the Unfinished Tales, the Appendices, not not any of those are really stories in the same way. So the characters are like, we only kind of have like bare senses of them. When you're adapting them to something mm-hmm. like this, and you need to have actors on screen actually like, you know, do things and like tray a character, likely to, you know, to do new stuff, I guess, basically is what I'm saying. And like kind of right, yeah. actually do some of that. So like, I think it was cool that they're like, yeah, Elrond, he was like a politician i guess i don't know it's a little weird like that they have politics like that yeah that's kind of what i was thinking right like i would have thought that mm-hmm. those were almost beyond that yeah there's like yeah you're the king and that's how it is and we don't really care we're, we're set in our lot in life i didn't think that any elf would need like a speech writer but you know um, but so they're like mm-hmm. your reward galadriel is that you get to go to heaven you go to go, go back to heaven like i don't know how that all works you don't just go to valinor at any point that you want thinking of those I think you know the specific boats. Mm, okay. She jumped when spoiler when she doesn't go to heaven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the the clouds kind of close around the boat when it enters yeah. the light. Those so little, that could be something. Those like handmaids have to all go to Valinor every time too. I guess so. Maybe they just got a bunch of handmaids being like, "All right, you forget to go now." Maybe they're like flight attendants. They like spend a little time and they f- go back and they come. But like people were already upset by that too because they're like, "Why would what is that?" But then she left and she didn't come back. And blah 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 a quote in unfinished tales that i saw uh someone posted where it says that uh galadriel wanted to to valinor but she knew she couldn't so long as sauron still out there so seems on on brand to me it seems seems reasonable from what i can tell very reasonable um she did have like the ever they call it like she wanted to go there but she was like now this is more Mm -hmm. important so that's why she lived close to the sea apparently because she was like well then i can kind of feel close to valinor but yeah, as close as you can be without actually going there. And then as soon as I'm done, I can get right on a boat and head out. Which makes sense. I mean, she should... Yeah. Like he says... Like she says a couple times throughout this first episode, right? Of course she wants mm-hmm. to go back, too. She is old enough to remember Valinor. Like, in its... Yeah, she she time. lived there. So, like, she would miss it more than anyone. Like, because Elrond's all like, Oh, I, there's a song that they say that you can hear or whatever. And she's like, Yeah, I, I heard it my whole life. Or no, is it a light, he says? <laughs> you feel the light or whatever? say that you uh, like, yeah it's, a, it's something about a light i think feel a light on you and she's like yeah that's all i knew for my 
Yeah, I remember. I still remember the light feels like. It's yeah, it's not cool to be away from it, but she's like, I got shit to do, which is crazy because like we obviously know that Adriel stays on Middle Earth all the way through the end of the Third Age because she's got work to yeah. do. So I respect it. She's, she's on that hustle. She's on that grind. So old. It's got to be few elves who last all the way from the years of the trees into that, right? I just got to, yeah. At least the ones who are in Middle Earth, because you assume the ones enough of the ones who survive. Just go like those people did. All the all people in the Galadriel's party were like, "Well, you've been here for a while. Head back." Mm. So she's the one who stuck around in Middle Earth and or and or didn't die. Come around doesn't just have black hair though. I'm saying, Jack. No, it's fair. I think it's fair. The question. They made Galadriel look right. They make Galadriel look right. Maybe his hair gets darker as he ages. He's already quite old, but sure, it's fine. I mean, he's an elf. Like you said, he lives. He's like a young elf. I mean, he's younger. He's Galadriel's also old too, but she's like a a twenty year old woman essentially. It's true. That's a very good point. She's much older. And than she's become at this point even. She's got to become Cape Blanchett eventually, and yeah, she will. That was Cape Blanchett, but she wasn't twenty years old. I don't. I don't believe when she did Lord of the Rings. No, but she was quite like ethereal looking in that, and that's true. Close to ageless. How age? How old was Cape Blanchett in two thousand two? I couldn't say. Couldn't dare. Oh, yeah, I would never ask her. Um, but let's see. Let's see. So, I guess that's their thing. And then we got the other principal characters, right? In this first episode, we get introduced to Nori, who is uh, Barfoot. He's a hobbit. She's like a proto-hobbit, kind of. Um, and they're... She was, she's 53. Before we keep going, she is currently 53 years old, so she would have been 33. Very good. <laughs> but he's the Harfoot. So they're like proto-hobbits, kind of. They live in the woods, and they're like having a good time. They like, migrate, I guess. They're like nomads, sort of. And Humans are kind of like sauce on them, though so they they, they try like, to hide from everyone so that humans don't I don't know kill them I guess most of them probably <laughs> yeah. take advantage of them violence upon them I suppose so then you know Nori's a classic Hobbit kind of character where she's like wants wants adventure and things kind of uh, no Hobbits are like you're not a Hobbit you're something else you're, you're you like of, doing things too much <laughs> not acting very Hobbitly why you why you want uh, adventure and excitement uh Hobbit craves not these things, and yeah, she's like they're they're picking berries, they're having a good time. And then he's a, a warg footprint. Yeah, they have big warg. Apparently, I don't know. It doesn't look like a warg. It's in the Hobbit. What's movies. good? The wargs are just big wolf things. So I don't know. Yeah, this one has like like weird teeth and like weird teeth like, and like this hooves almost. Yeah, like yeah, like weird. Then not like a paw, but like a hoof, like short toes. It's all right. They kind of it kind of looks like the mark of Sauron a little bit. Yeah, it does look kind of similar to that, and uh, and then a man falls out of the sky onto them. So you can just do a bu- do a bunch of magic. He, fire on him isn't hot, and he like yeah. he, like channels a bunch, I guess, it- and then <laughs> falls asleep. Some kind of magic character. So like, what do, what do we think? Yeah, we obviously get more of him in the next into the next episode here. But what do you think that guy's about? What do you what do you think his his deal is? What do you think? Um, I, I, it's really hard for me to tell based on this episode and the second episode. It seems like he's in some way connected to Sauron or his powers from that. Maybe I I hesitate to say that he's like a wizard. I know, but that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, like a Gandalf, Radagast, one of two of the blues. One of the wizards. Because he, he shouldn't be. He wouldn't surprise me though. Yeah, that's very true. Like, and just a sixth wizard who showed up first before the other five. Or the other ones in the because they uh, the rest of the wizards show up in the third age. So. People have been saying that since like the conception of this is like, are they going to put Gandalf in it? And it's like they shouldn't put Gandalf in it, but <laughs> yeah, he, he's being an angel on in heaven right now. He's just living and he's just kicking it. So, but I don't know. They might. You never know with them. 
So, yeah. I am leaning towards, I feel like he's a wizard or something, but I don't know. I really couldn't say. Mm -hmm. Else he would be, other than like a different Maya. Maya, what are they called? Do you know? Maya, I think Maya's the right word. Okay, so I, he could be like a different one of them or something. I guess he could be, a, I mean, I don't know. Can the Valar appear physically? How's that even, that even work? I don't know enough about the Valar. I don't, I don't either. So we're hanging out. So that guy's, and he doesn't speak they, whatever they speak. <laughs> yeah, he speaks some different English, language. I guess. <laughs> British? Uh, yeah, I guess. They just all speak kind of English. Common I, or whatever. I'm, I'm, I enjoyed the Hartfoots a lot. Yeah, I thought they, they were fun. I liked them. I run around. I like all their accents, the way they speak. All, all fishy and like Nori's like Scottish ish, I guess. Um, yeah, they, they, made, like the they made all the rich, they made all the powerful elves all proper British. They made all the forest dwelling people Irish. That's right. That's right. No illusions in this book, though. Thanks, oh, Tolkien. Got it. <laughs> I enjoy that. I actually, yeah, enjoyed all the dialogue and stuff. The, like the way they all talk, I think, is fun and Tolkien esque. Uh, so yeah. Not so fully that because like sometimes that can be a little incomprehensible offense to your g or Tolkien. Yeah, it's, it's a little too shakespearean and poetic but they, i feel like there's hints of that throughout this where i'm like they're they're talking fun like yeah it, the galadriel really goes out a lot yeah yeah uh, everyone not as much everyone kind of speaks more plainly he still kind of has that like elf kind of speech to him but yeah. she is more like fanciful and nice. epic and he's like all right calm down just go to heaven who cares even the heart foots are fun or I like Nori's when she's talking a lot. She's she's got fun little like witticisms and like weird Hobbit sayings, yeah, stuff. So it's cool. So that's that's their thing. I mean, it's and that's really all it continues through into the second episode. If we just want to do that, is like yeah, the old the guy man is just hanging out, and their dad. They call him the stranger on, yeah. on oh, the okay. Amazon thing. Right, so we'll call him the stranger then. The stranger is just like all incomprehensible and getting mad and magic and stuff so yeah the, the black speech and then it, yeah, his yeah. fortune is his dad like, well, now we're stuck here now we can't leave i gotta help you stranger what's going on i don't know he's trying to find stars or something he's, yeah constellations maybe but like is 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 he doing like runes of some kind are those symbols that mean something or is it i don't know is he from the stars yeah is he is he an alien oh is he a predator oh, they're putting in aliens That'd be what a way, what a way. Actually, guys, it's the predator now. The predator's in Middle Earth. Gladriel has to kill him. Putting aliens in Lord of the Rings. It's bold, but I, I you know what? I gotta respect it. They're taking a bold new direction. Oh, they're up to. Uh, I enjoy seeing more people. Really, again, people. I mean, people. Seeing people hate not pretty much every aspect of this show at this point, but right, of course. People were like, the Heartfoots are annoying. Worst characters. So dumb. I don't know. The Heartfoots are fun. Nice. They're just little hobbit yeah, people. Just... Come on. There's hobbit people. Hobbit, they're just as they're just as annoying as all the other hobbits are. So, right, which is like to say, kind of annoying, and but also you know, kind of quaint and and nice and whimsical, whimsical, very much so. They're just conservative country folk from yeah. the northern British Isles. <laughs> Again, they're like proto hobbit. I mean, like I don't know. I was I was trying to figure out like what a heartfoot is versus a hobbit, but apparently, heartfoot's just a, like a. There's like three main like races of hobbits, hobbits, and the heartfoots are one of yeah. them. And like all of the main hobbits that we know in Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit are foots. So I don't, huh. yeah. I don't know why they don't call themselves hobbits at this point. What the deal with that is, but apparently they're kind of one and the same. All heartfoots are hobbits, but not all hobbits are heartfoots. Not all. Hashtag not all hobbits. So I guess these the hardfoots are the main ones who settle in what becomes Shire. The Shire. All right. Maybe you think you'll see the Shire. 
Like they'll start moving and get there eventually. Right. I mean, I think this show is going to basically touch on everything that you'd think it would touch on as far as like the big events setting up for Lord of the Rings. Like, I don't know if it should, but I feel like it will. Um, I was reading about it. I think so. You don't settle there until the third age. And like the thing about it is that like, you know, the third age, the Lord of the Rings takes place at the very end of the third age as well. So it's like 3000 years of history. And that's a long time. I mean, you get a lot done then. So. You get, yeah, get a lot done even in like 500 years of history. Yeah, of course. So, but it wouldn't surprise me, basically. I mean, again, we've talked about how this show seems to be had, uh, dead set on like doing pretty much all the big events in the end of Second Age just all crammed together. So it wouldn't surprise me if they did some other stuff like that around too. Right, yeah. Done. I mean, like, that it's important to this, but I, as far as I understand it, I, Galadriel should uh, should be married by now to Kilborn. Uh, Kilborn, I think. Kilborn? Oh, Kilborn. Celeborn, I don't Celeborn. know. Celeborn. Um, I thought, okay. Even, like, dude, at this point, um, so they're, they're, her daughter's name is Kelbrian. Did I? I oh. got confused. I said the thing before about um, Legolas' mother getting cat kidnapped. I think that, is that Arwen's mother? Uh, I, I really don't know. Name is. I don't know what happens to Legolas' mother, come to think of it. It might not be a character in anything other than The Hobbit, actually. <laughs> uh... <laughs> I don't know if she's ever noted other than just being like Legolas had a, and like a, as a mother. Had <laughs> a mother. She was the queen and Oh yeah. So I was right. So she I was thinking of Ella Bryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna call her. Uh, which is yes, yeah, so she was born in the second age three hundred. So uh, <laughs> she's she's like a thousand, two thousand by this point. Technically. <laughs> so again, it's all like there's definitely some shifty time stuff that's gonna happen that Looking purists are not going to care for. I do think it's a little strange, not going to lie. And I'm sure elves have different feelings on these kind of things because you sort of have to naturally. It's weird that like Elrond and Galadriel are like close friends and then Elrond's going to marry her daughter. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking, looking too much yeah. into that. But yeah, it's just, it's the lifespans. They probably don't even care about that because they're all, like you said, they're all old ass elves and shit. Hmm. They don't get married until the third age. So. So like, at that point, that what should be like two thousand, a thousand years old. Oh yeah, it's yeah, that's like good enough. Like three thousand years old or something obnoxious. So right. they hang out. They they just do all kind of stuff during the second age, and then they get married in the third age. So you know, it's fine then. Um, we're we getting at? And then know. we have uh, just timeline. So yeah, let's get to our next guy. Who's the? Was was it? Oh, what's his name? Right, right here. I already blanked on his name. The ranger fellow. Yeah, Arndir. Yeah, Iron Deer. He pulls up on a village to be like, any, any strange things? And they're like, nah, probably fine, though. And like, All right, see you later. I'm going to talk to my this, this human I want to, I like. <laughs> like, all right, cool, I guess. He's like a ranger, like hanging out in like the north. I mm-hmm. think it's the north, right? Where I think so, yeah. They're all upset because the elves are all kind of racist oh. on him because <laughs> they helped Morgoth. Oh, there's a lot of that. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that a lot of this show is just like all the races being like, "You stupid elf dwarf human, you're dumb as fuck, and I hate you." It's like, always been right, about of, that. Of races, elves, or the, the races of Middle Earth are all kind of shitty to each other. Uh, a lot of yeah, them they all kind of hate each other. They're like they have these like outposts that they set up to like I don't know, keep watch over the humans to make sure they don't do anything shifty. <laughs> you don't don't join Satan again. Like we're gonna watch these fellas. The humans clearly all grow to resent this. <laughs> As evidenced by that guy who's got the outburst in the the tavern there, and at first you're like, "Hey, fella," but then you're like, "Well, what did you see wrong?" Yeah, they kind of because like to that because the the elves they're like timelines all weird. Those that elf has been that old 
it looked the same for however long he started working there. But how many humans have like lived and died since they set up yeah. that outpost? They've been there for seventy something like, years already. Like, well, yeah, exactly. They've been long, there for so. at least a human lifetime. I mean, I mean, it's Middle Earth, so at that point, it would have been what three human lifetimes? Seventy years old. <laughs> it might have lived to be twenty or something. Oh, whatever. They probably all still live to be old back at this point. Probably the humans are probably like yeah. suspiciously long lived. Yeah, so Tirahard is in Tir. Oh God. Tirharad. I'm gonna call it Tirharad. It's the village um, that he's patrolling there. It's in mm. Mordor. So, oh, it's in Mordor. That's what this says. It's not canonical. Oh, it does not. Jared Tolkien didn't write it. It was invented. Oh no. Oh, oh no. Shit. Um, he's rolling over in his grave right now about this. Again, Aaron. Whatever will we do. Created. So. It says the name appears to be comprised of the Sindarin words Tir meaning watch and Harad meaning south. So south watch. There you go. But that's a classic thing, isn't it? Um, humans and elves falling in love, right? Oh, yeah, they love doing that. Love doing I saw it. people getting mad about it. They're just mad about all of them. I was like, all right, guys, it doesn't matter. It's a show. They got to have romance. They got to have unlikely pairings. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's Aragorn and Arwen, right? That's uh, the original one. The Oh, yeah. The, the, the guy with the wolf or something, Aaron right? And, um, I don't remember uh, their names or something. They're dumb elf Tolkien names that yeah. I never remember. Yeah. And then, oh, it, maybe it's H something? Aaron and Luth- Luthien. Okay, yeah, that's what it was. I would have gotten that on my own, but there it is. <laughs> there it is. But yeah, so they're kind of like the original Arwen, Aragorn, and they are ancestors to Elrond. So Elrond is technically like part human self. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh yeah, that's yeah, that's his ancestor. And there's like, I don't know who, I don't know who gives him a choice, but I don't know which figure is able to do this. But at some point, they ask them who they would like to live with. Who they would choose to be? Like it's not it's not like a Lord of the Rings or a, I meant to say like a Dungeons and Dragons scenario where you have like half elves. Apparently, apparently the way it works is that they right. ask you and they're like, "Which one you want to be? Which way, Western man?" <laughs> and <laughs> Oran chose. He's like, "I want to be the immortal, perfect being." Please. Yeah, exactly. Oran chose to be an elf, and his brother chose to be a human. His brother cho- uh, went on to found uh, Numenor. Oh. Ah. Yeah, so probably chose to be an elf though. Would have been a pretty sick deal because think it's to go to heaven. It's pretty good, isn't it? Like, what do you think? Yeah, live forever. Get to be yeah, why would you? Why would you not want to pick it? It's like, well, I could. You, you can live for like literal thousands of years and hardly ever age and be perfect at everything and like never have to want or worry. Or you could live as a human and do all the things. Do want worry all the time and live only like eighty years because it's romantic, Jack. It's love. That's why. No. Cry me a river. What you think? Yawn. Yawn. I want to live forever. I want to. I just want to hang out, read books all the time. Think of all the books you could read. Yeah, you could read all the books, just about. Think of it. You think Brandon Sanderson wouldn't, wouldn't choose to become an elf so he could write books forever? Um, I mean, you probably would. When you get bored, you just go exactly. to elf heaven and you're all right. Yeah, and then you, you know, I've quite enough of all this. I'll go to elf heaven. Goodbye, all. <laughs> See ya. See ya. Peace out. Fe- peace out. Oh, her this. What's that lady's name? The the lady that the ranger's in love with. Her son has a like an orc sword or something. Yeah, it seems like a sword from the war that they like find under someone's house. Because again, like this is in Mordor, so I guess these are like men who sided with the bad guys when when it happened. Um, yeah, when push came to shove back during the war, which is tough. Theo is is the boy's name, and the the mom's name is Bronwyn. Bronwyn, yeah. When then so when does like when does Mordor become like all volcanic and like horrible? Because like, I don't know. In I think Mordor it's now. I think it's quite a while after this, really, because like some of those cities right in Mordor only fall like 
don't know, not too long before movies. Okay? Mm. Where's the one that, right. oh gosh, what's the one they go to in book two? Faramir takes them to, and it's like, this used to be a city. It was all sick, and now it's all horrible, and it's Mordor. But it was like one oh, of the Gondor no, cities. Is it Sirith? Possibly, I, I don't recall. No. I think it's Minas Morgul, and it used to not be called Minas Morgul. It used to be called Minas um, something else. <laughs> right. Minas Morgul was once a fortress of Gondor called Minas Ithil, Tower of the Moon. It's the easternmost fortification in the Kingdom of Gondor. So, like, there's, like, this kind of idea of, like, the borders of Mordor, or, like, like move like encroaching on the realms of men. Yeah, like the blight. Kind of like the blight, yeah. Oh, Asgiliath, I yeah. think is the one I'm thinking of. The one mm. they go to, yeah, yeah, it's the one they go to in the first capital city of Gondor during the War of the Ring. The abandoned city gained strategic importance as a crossing over point of the Anduin, both for the men of Gondor and the orcs of Mordor. And it's in, that's the one they go to in uh, the, it's the one where all the, the wyverns attack and Sam does that speech, right? Exactly. So, I think basically after they defeated Morgoth and they think things are doing all right right now, I think uh, it's just chill. Like, I don't think Mordor is like a horrible hellscape right now. Hmm. Very good. That's the way it works, maybe. Uh, yeah. I mean, probably underneath, though, they're digging all those tunnels. Oh, yeah. Those tunnels don't seem to be all right. Orcs are coming through. No. Yeah. It's only one. Uh, it was surprisingly one came through because, well, obviously. Well, this, this, they talk about in the first episode how, like, there was some grass that was kind of weird, and a cow ate it, and got like literally just black sludge mm. came out of its udders. Yeah, and they're like, well, it's like that's not good. We got it. We got to get on that. And then like run all the way there, and like, well, this city's gone. Everyone's dead, and there's big holes being dug. So this is a problem. And then the obviously there's a, the her son remarks on like mice under his floorboards, and he gets mad, but actually it's just orcs digging underground. Mm-hmm. So and then they kill an orc like a big skull helmet, yeah. and they're like, "All right, time to leave," and they all leave for the outpost. Heading out, find that other city that's all ruined and, and fire. Yeah, crazy stuff, man. So uh, the, the they they all keep talking about how like the darkness is coming. <laughs> like I feel something in the air, <laughs> and uh, I guess it is. I guess Sauron maybe yeah. come back. Yeah, I'll just do what they always do, and are like, "No, nah, it's probably fine, fellas. Don't even worry about it." And everyone's like, "But fella, you you feeling what's going on?" Man? The, the, your trees are losing leaves and with black sludge. So after Galadriel decides to jump into the water and not do go to heaven. Heaven. Because <laughs> she remembers a speech from her brother, which is good stuff. I enjoyed that moment. In the beginning there, yeah, we, I did too. we have her brother like whisper something in her ear and then we don't hear what it is. And at the end, it's like her brother, like, how, how are you going to know what, why do you know when the, you know, which way is the right way? And her brother's like, well, it's when uh, you can, sometimes you can only know after you've touched the dark. Like which was a good path and which one's the wrong path, and so she's like, you know what, I gotta go back. Mm -hmm. And she comes up on a shipwreck. I don't know, there's just a ship that wrecked there. I'm not. It wasn't super clear about that because I'm like, did something happen? I mean, other than like a sailing ship got smashed by a big monster. I think that was probably it. Did the elves just like cruise right on past that and were like, nah, you'll be all right. Not our problem. (laughs) We've got we've got an appointment to keep. (laughs) We've got to get to heaven quickly, boys. Can't bring these humans with us. They, and they, yeah, they get her on the boat, and they're like, "You're an elf," and they do a little racism. Get, like, elf, get out of here! It's not quite clear to us yet, right? Yeah. Like she's she's an elf. Get her! Get her! Get rid of her! One calls her a liar, and, and I'm like, she didn't, she didn't lie about anything. She barely said a word. Like it's like she was like, "It's me, a human. You're there. <laughs> Please let me on the boat, humans. I'm I'm a human woman. I like I you. I'm like, a human." <laughs> She probably didn't have enough strength to speak because she just swam for God knows how long. Yeah, exactly. In the freezer, in the freezing water. Uh, they get attacked again, and Galadriel jumps into the water and just yeets out. 
I thought for sure, like when she jumps out of the water and like swims down, I was like, all right, she's gonna do some magic on this this big creature and save them. She does not. No, she, she just swims away. She just she's like <laughs> she's like, I gotta get out of here, fella. I gotta get what the getting's good. <laughs> exactly. She's like, all right, see ya. It's been real. And then the the like that guy does the same thing. She, she was like, well, why would you abandon them? And he's like, my man, you do the same thing. I'm just on. The, I'm just the one night in the water. Talbrand. He's a uh, other fabrication for the show here. Um, but he seems like an Aragorn type. He's wearing a, a sigil. He seems like you're probably a king. Hey, he there's gotta be, a king. be like uh, yeah, these people are Numenoran, probably, right? You think? Yeah. I, think. Yeah. I don't know. It's my, that was my guess, but I, I mean that's probably that's the best guess I would have had too. Seems like that's gonna be his thing. I haven't said it and then, together yet, but then they then they get into a big storm, and then she ties herself to a post. And I was like, hey, you should you should tie yourself to the post too, and then immediately gets struck by lightning. And it's like, well, fellow, what do you think was gonna happen? I, I don't think that's proper sailing advice Literally. tie yourself when in a landing storm go to the tallest point and grab hold of it not ideal especially if you're wet being soaked with water will protect you from the lightning it'll flow right off you like the water it's it's a thing people know getting hit sailing ships sometimes and breaks things it like hits the main mast and breaks it on occasion and shit so like in a storm i do not think you'd want to tie yourself to said main mast of the ship like that would be even though it's wood and it might not like through it. It's gonna blow up, and you're gonna fall into the water. Conducts enough electricity to kill you. Yeah, it's not a good conductor, but if it does, but hurt. good enough. People, there's the instances get... of people getting killed by lightning hitting trees that they're underneath. Yeah, they shelter oh, yeah. under trees in like a rain, in like a lightning storm, and then lightning hits a tree and they die. Like it's a thing that happens sometimes. Yeah, that's that's what I tell you. Get as far away from any trees and like squat down, get as low as you can to the ground. Yeah. I I know of a person in my real life who was by that. So like. Holy shit! Wow. Tie yourself to uh to the mast of a ship, kids. Yeah, uh, especially or especially shoddily constructed rafts. <laughs> I mean, it held together pretty good. You gotta give them that. Yeah, it, but I thought it was was weird when she falls in the water and he just watches the rope and it does like three cuts and I'm like, you didn't need this many cuts. Maybe like one cut as it like finishes unraveling and then he goes to save her. But like watching it like uh, have the starch unravel him. Then halfway unraveled him, and then almost done him, and then done. It's and then he jumps in the water. I'm like, all right, this is that was just kind of silly. He was like, what should I do? It's like, well, you're gonna get a saver, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought he was gonna grab it at some point, but then he didn't. I was like, well, why'd you wait? But I guess he can't like stop it with his body weight because he'd just probably fall into. Yeah, I don't know. And they're, I guess they're back up on the. Oh, I, I guess I, I, I gotta really look into like get a better sense of the geography of Middle Earth. <laughs> they would have sailed obviously off of the, you know. Eastern coast of Middle Earth, oh, to Valinor, right? Like, where are men living? Like, where are the kingdoms of men at this point? Like, why were there just dudes hanging out there? I don't know. Where is Numenor? I guess that's the question. I don't know. I should have, I should have pulled up a map so I could consult it. I feel like it's going to be a big map <laughs> kind of thing when we talk about the island, right? Like, all right, where are we? Yeah, Numenor is the, yeah, the island that he sinks, right? Is Numenor? Where is it? Or is, it's? I think it's in the north. I want to say it's north. But truly, I, I would not know for sure. Oh, Mordor's in the south, is it? Mordor? Mordor's, yeah, way south. Yeah. Okay, okay so Mordor's here. Yeah. Right. So, the, so the village is in the southlands of Middle Earth, not the north. I was not too wrong about that. I don't know. So that's that's got to be my guess, though. And we know there's Numenorans in this. We know Isildur is here in some form or fashion. So. I thought that little kid was supposed to be yeah, Isildur. Yeah, like a little kid who's... Someone at least wrote on IMDb that a little kid was playing Isildur, so... <laughs> Oh, that's IMDb is really they let they anybody do it. Oh yeah, they could. Side. So I, I'm yeah, wouldn't necessarily bet on it over the other, but still their mm-hmm. 
trying to, what's the other, what's his dad called? I forget his name. Oh, I don't remember. Dave, maybe? He's like the good one. Like, Isildur obviously kind of, kind of fucks it all. <laughs> Alan Dill. Yeah, he just, Alan Dill, yeah. He was like, nah, that's real good. You gotta go save everybody. And he's like, what if I took Satan's ring? Satan's jewelry? Could I use that? He really ruins it all in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, he really, I mean, he's the reason everything, everything bad happens. If he just threw it in the water, water, the fire would have been fine. Like Elrond wanted. That's all he had to do. Yeah. Elrond should just kill them. I, I honestly like, and you feel like you wouldn't put it past an elf to do that, but I guess he wasn't feeling yeah, it. He'd be day. like, oh no, I should kill you because you're, you're not letting that go. I think the difference is that in the books that they don't actually go up to the, actually go up to the volcano. Elrond doesn't drag him all the way up there then and be like, all right, well, if you're in a, if you want to head out, I guess that's up to you. <laughs> I guess it's a personal decision of yours. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, I can't make you do anything. I'm just trying to bring a, yeah, or he just and he goes up alone. And it's like it's impl- they think he destroyed it, but really he had it the whole time. Does it the king Numenor was an island brought up out of the sea by the Valar in the early Second Age? There you go. Just swoop. There you go. Kingdom of the Numenorans, the Dunedain, located on an island in the Great Sea between Middle Earth and Amon. So yeah, it's got a, it's in the west western sea there. So part yeah, it's got to come up. When does it? It I don't think it falls until no, it does fall in the Second Age. Whoops. See ya. <laughs> You fucking Numenor. All right, so well, uh, that's, that's about the gist of it, right? That's all we've got for the most part. Yeah. Um, but again, good we stuff. We got six more episodes left. I, I enjoyed it, man. I mean, there's obviously all these little nitpicks we had, but overall, it definitely, in general, like exceeded my expectations as far as the whole overall production. Right. Right. Like I said, I think the dialogue and the writing is all good. And oh wait, we didn't talk about uh Elrond. Oh, the dwarves. Yeah. Uh, but I'll just I'll just finish this thought. Yeah. But I think the writing and the dialogue is yeah. all good. I think the sets and the props and everything look much better than uh, we feared. And cinema uh, tire and stuff as well. It's just it actually feels like a nice premium production. Which if anything just means I don't think we were totally wrong to fe- to feel the way we did going into this. Right? Mm-hmm. I think it just means Jack that our criticism needs to be shifted towards whatever marketing idiots came up with the nonsense that they put out for this to make it look so bad. Because this show, I don't think it's bad. And so, no, whoever, whoever did it was like, how do I make a show as, as least marketable, as little marketably, little marketably as possible? How do I make it nobody want to watch this? There's no doubt that part of that was like a, like a timeline thing, right? Like, all right, we need to get trailers, we need mm-hmm. to get previews out right now. And they probably were like, well, we aren't actually finished with, you know, post production and everything. It's not going to look the finished. And they're like, stuff. we'll just do it anyways. No one asked. We'll fix it in post. Come on, go. Get out. Come on. <laughs> Burning daylight. <laughs> Put the trailer out now. <laughs> and Jeff Bezos is on my ass. I want to see my kids if I don't if I don't get you to get this out. So that's what that's what we got here. You no, know, it's it's better than the trailers and everything portrayed it as, which is good for some in some ways, obviously, and also kind of whack because it's like do a better job of of presenting this. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Just just try a little harder. And there's no doubt that like some of the criticisms are and and still do remain and all that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Again, there's people who are coming at it solely for like the it's too woke and why why starring woman though? How come why why are women good? Come the elf and the dwarf are black or whatever. But I think some of the bad like uh, vibes, whatever mood around this show leading up to it would have been inverted if the trailers maybe they just held off on a little bit until it looked better and they could uh put out some some more high quality work. But you know. Almost so much you can do, but we can dress the dwarves really quickly. So Elrond's thing, you know, is that 
Gilgalad tells him to go hang out with Keller Brimbor, uh, who's the great Elvin Smith, who's going to work on something. He's going to be, he's making something, Jack. He's, he's, yeah, we don't know what. What yet. could it be, Jack? Something important, you think? I couldn't hope to know. Probably maybe a, good, right? Maybe a car. He's gonna, he's, maybe oh. he'll build a, uh, a, a Chevy Tahoe. He's going to build oh. a 2001 it Chevy Tahoe. Aron's going to create Holy the shit. great Elvin Chevy Tahoe. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to run over Sauron with it. <laughs> But so they've got some particular project that they want to work on. And so he's like, I need this big tower. And, but I need it like yesterday, man. <laughs> Get going. And so he's like, all right. I, I need it like tomorrow. Can you do that? I know who can help us with this. Is my friends, the dwarves. Uh, me and the dwarves. Me and, me and Prince Durin go way back. I'm tight with the dwarves. Go hang out with the dwarves and we'll figure it out. Um, and then he goes there. But then the dwarves are they're, they're a little. The, the reception's a little cold, isn't it? A little hostile. It's because... Prince Durin is like, you were being a bad friend to me, Elrond. You, you, you didn't, you haven't been a part of my life for like 20 years. And I get that you're like a long-lived elf and you don't even care, but us, 20 years is a long a little time. Bit, man. And I wanted to be like, well, yeah. Durin, you still live like three times as long as any man, but <laughs> fine. I get, I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down there. They start to mend right. their friendship, don't they? And then he's like, it's not so mm. bad. And he meets his wife and his kids and he's like, he grows a tree. Yeah, he gave him he gave him a sapling yeah. of, of the tree in uh what city is it? What's that city they're in? I don't, I don't remember. know. I never remember these names. Yeah, there's too many there's way too many names. In the elf city and he's like, Oh, they call him stupid for growing in darkness, but you know, 'cause he's he still likes you and there's you're still friends, he grew it. It's like, ah, oh, there it is. There it is. You're, cause you you got light you got love. If you if you yeah. you got love in the home, that's all you need, apparently. Oh so, I guess they're gonna help him build that tower, and then he can use that tower for whatever his project is, which I'm sure is gonna be great. Yeah. I'm sure it's not gonna have any. I'm sure, it's gonna be great. Foreseen consequences. So uh, I can't foresee anything. Dur- and then they also have something. It's got something. The dwarves. But they have the dwarves. Remember at the end yeah. of that scene, they're he talks to his dad, the king. They're on the third, and he's like, "Nah, everyone's everyone's sick, man. I'll vouch for him. He's clean. He's I've known him for a long time. And he's like, all right, I." I guess, but elves suck. I think. Look at our box. We're not gonna show you what's in the box, but it's a box with sparkly in it. And then get some. What do you think it is? For a second, I was like, I thought, I went, is this? Is it a Silmaril? But I went, it can't be a Silmaril. So, right? Arkenstone? But I'm like, so, what's the point of the freaking Arkenstone, though? Right? Because I thought the same thing. Those are those are my guesses. Is it a Silmaril? Or is it an Arkenstone? Like, what would the the Arkenstone's just a fancy rock, truly, right? Yeah, I thought there was only one Arkenstone that was found in the Lonely Mountain, yeah. and that's what brings Smaug. Exactly. So, so I was like, it can't be that one because they're not in. They're in Casadum. They're not in the Lonely Mountain. All right, they're in. They're in uh, Moria. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Could, could it be a Palantir? Do those exist yet? Uh, well, I, they might because the in the trailer there's that there's that human that has one that talks like Galadriel, or maybe it was an elf. Because remember that she like has one. Seven stones, spherical stone objects used for communication and intelligence gathering. There were eight distinguished ones in total, with seven in Middle Earth. Were made by the Noldor in Eldamar, likely by Feanor himself. Yes, hmm. made in the time of the trees. So, shit. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. This says that. Uh, they said that they. Yeah, they've been all over the place. Obviously, the humans get one for a while. There's one at Osgiliath. Thank me, is Ithil, Minas Arnor. There's a Master Stone. Blah blah blah. So yeah, it's not inconceivable that the dwarves got their hands on one. Right? Hang out with it. So. I feel like it could be, right? Oh, yeah. For sure. But yeah, the Silmarils are all gone, right? Yeah, they should be gone by now. 
That's why I was like, can't be a Silmaril because those are, I think, yeah, that, that age, that's from the first age, and I think those don't play any part in the second or the third it's one. It's like, the, yeah, it's the reason for all the bad shit that happens, basically, are the Silmarils. That's why, mm-hmm. that's why it's the Silmarillion. Wow, crazy. Too bad. Well, we can't say, well, they probably can't use the Silmarils. Well, they've mentioned them by name, though. It's yeah, weird. I really have, things are I so have weird. no clue. Yeah, it, it really is. It's very difficult to, to really understand. Uh, yeah, so then, then, yeah. You're still going. That's where we all leave everybody. So we'll we'll tune in next week, huh? Tune in next week. Yes, we will. Again. And with that, let's act uh, so to House of the Dragon next. Sir. A good fantasy. Uh, episode two. We said last week. Oh, yeah, um, another good by we, I mean me. <laughs> I said last week that we would have two fantasy things this week to talk about. Um, at least one of which would probably be good. Uh, I think they're both pretty good. Our, to yeah, our I think so. prize and, and pleasure. To our, to our esteemed, esteemed pleasure. So, House of the Dragons continues to be pretty sweet. Oh, yeah. Classic Game of Thrones. A lot of wheeling, dealing. A lot of, there are some dragons, too. Oh, I love it. Any, everything you could possibly want. Lots of uh, political machinations, and everyone's vying for power. It's, it's all anyone ever does there. Not a, not a one of them is just ever content, huh? To just be like, eh, it's all right. No. Nah, I think I'm I've out of my lot in life. I think, I'm just, <laughs> I think I've got enough power and influence. I'll probably, I can probably rest. No, no, no. It's a lot of second sons. That's a big theme of this episode. Is talking about second yes, sons and clawing for power. Damon and Coles and uh, Otto. Yeah, kind of like, or at least like metaphorical. I mean, because like Corliss is not yeah. a second son. He's the heir to his house. His thing was like, I thought he said. He, I thought I thought it was a speech at the end that he was a second son. No, uh, his thing was that like in their house when he became um. Heir. I'm pretty. At least I'm pretty sure. I'll double check here. But I'm pretty sure he's not a second son. It's his thing was that when he became sort of Driftmark, uh, they were in like debt and they sucked, and he had to like bring them back to mm. prominence himself. Okay. I'm pretty sure he's the eldest son. Right. The... So he just had to like claw. He just had a lot of him. Amb- claw his way to power like yeah. a second son would. Hmm. If that makes sense because he's talking to Damon. He's the eldest son of Lord Damon Valerion and his lady wife. <laughs> so okay. That's a big part of this one. So it's been six months. We just right quick skip to six months after Emma's death. And they're all like, King, you got to get married sooner or later. <laughs> it's expected of you because of political reasons as much as anything else. You can make more heirs. You can strengthen the line, so on and so forth. There's a lot of, you know, arguments in, in you know, the political sense why it should get should get done, right? Yeah. But um, King and, and Renair are kind of distant to each other. They've been, they've had difficulty, like, being close after the mom died, which makes sense, you know, something like that's gonna strain relations. And they, they talk, there's some funny things about how, uh, they don't like these, like, I'd rather do anything else than talk to my 15 year old daughter, <laughs> exactly, truly anything else on the planet. Very funny. <laughs> He's like, I would, yeah, like, he doesn't want to face her, <laughs> it's like it's scary to him. <laughs> <laughs> so, He's hanging out a lot more with us at Hightower there, getting along all well. Mm. He's like showing off his goofy hobbies and everything. Fancy dioramas of <laughs> old Valyria. Valyria and King's Landing and everything. Uh, so that's, that's you know. And Corliss's thing is like, hey, King Viserys, you should marry my daughter and, and strengthen the ties between our families in that way. Wouldn't that be sick? Yeah, have the blood of old Valyria be strong and all that. We're the Valyrians and your Valyrians and it'll, it'll bring our houses together and you, know, you kind of fucked my wife by becoming king, so least you could do in a lot of ways <laughs> if you think about it <laughs> if you think about it you could just help a, help a, help a family member out oh 
you're kind of like my cousin, so just marry your second cousin and get it over with, and we'll we'll all be sick. Get it over with. You're... So right. they're having a, they're just, they're having a great time. They're definitely very <laughs> very okay over there in Westeros. So he's got to yeah. like entertain the idea of courting his like his twelve year old twelve year old second cousin, which is sweet. A very healthy time over yeah, there in Westeros. Cool. Yeah, at least it's very good to have the scene where he's like, "This is just awful. I hate that I'm doing this." <laughs> but at least he wasn't all weird about it. And he's like, guys, come on. Come on. Send the move. I want to do this. Just please, anything else but this. Please, come on. Uh, so he's not he's not really feeling it, but they're, everyone is basically like, it makes the most sense to marry her because Cause bloodlines. bloodlines and, and then Corliss, who is like one of the most powerful lords, is really important. He's, he's the master of the ships. He's got the big fleet. He's like real sick. You don't want to be on his bad side, right? Even that yeah. um, that other guy who's on the... the uh, Councils as Lord Strong, I think, right? He's like, yeah. I don't know, man. It's a good idea. It kind of makes sense. Like, because of course, Otto Hightower was all like, oh, he's overstepped his boundaries. He's gone too far this time. And then this guy's like, I don't know. So, you know, it's a fair play. He, he made a fair it's, play. It's a reasonable move to make. Move. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a reasonable. Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he took he took a bit of a risk, but, you know, that's what you got to do. He's wheeling and dealing. You know, you got to respect the hustle. Yeah. He, he he's on like grind set, Mike King. I'm not sick of grind set. Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta like marry <laughs> off your 12 year old daughter to a 50 year old man. A sigma grind set, you know. It's just what it's about. Sigma grind set. I mean, you, King. I'm sorry. You you are an alpha, but he is a sigma, so he's got a different grind set than you, and you gotta respect that. Uh, they're talking about the the crab. We can briefly talk about. We're talking about the ship. He's like, we gotta get this crab lord guy. He's feeding people the crabs. I'm like, oh god, what a horrible way to die. The uh, stuff in the stepstones just getting worse and worse from what he was talking about last. Last week, yeah. where this guy, there's like this alliance over there with the free cities, and they're either capturing and like executing Starosi sailors, which is no good. I mean, you don't want that. But they're all like, know. oh, but what if we're just nice to him, though? And King Viserys, who's this is his whole thing again, like I said last week, he's all kind of like ineffectual and like, you know, undeciding. He's like, oh, it'd probably be all right if we just sent them a nice letter and like came to terms with them. And he's like, Cordless is like, but this guy's a pirate, he isn't the government. Like, so this is how yeah, this is how this will do whatever he wants. That if they wanted to strike at us without actually striking at us, and say we don't have a problem with you guys. That's just a crazy pirate who lives here. It's not our fault. And you just keep like supporting a pirate. This, yeah. this is a thing. I mean, this is a thing. This is what you, this is what you do. He's like you guys yeah, are being idiots. On the master ships, I know. You should stop to this, and they're like, "Oh, Corliss, you crazy hothead, you silly, silly man." Oh, he's not. He's not a fan of that response either. So, D- still more rough times. Um. I liked Rhaenyra and Rhaenys have a conversation at one point. Which oh yeah, they have a good one when she's when he's courting her second cousin. Yeah, right. She's like, "Oh, you're you know, upset by it, are you, Rhaenyra?" And she's like, "Aren't aren't you upset by it? This is kind of upsetting." That's <laughs> like a scenario. <laughs> this, is, this is an awful thing to have happen. She's like, "Yeah, but I'm. It's all right because I'm. You know, I don't I don't mind because politics and what I gotta do. I know what it's up. Oh, as a woman, this is yeah. all they let us do." And she's like. All right, I want to be queen. It's, just, it's gonna be sick. You'll see. And she's like, "Well, they didn't let me be queen, so they won't let you be queen." It's a bit of it's a bit of sour grapes she's coming like, from Rainus, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, she, and she's kind of like, "Well, you know, but I'm I'm actually gonna be queen though. Like, I got further than you did, so they swore to me, and you know, you named me. Out, so yeah. I mean, you didn't even get that. They just he just went uh, instead of having the oldest daughter, but I'd rather have like them vote on it, kind of, and tell me what to yeah, do. Yeah. But like, yeah, I guess I'll do this guy. He's like this clown." She's like, well, they didn't let me be. If no, if I can't be queen, no one should be queen. And it's like, that's not. I don't know if that's the route to go. <laughs> that's not all that works. What about girl power? Yeah, right? Come on, Renary. I thought, I thought queens were, 
we're helping each other out. What the hell, guys? Yeah, you, you gotta you gotta help the girl bosses win. Hey, yeah, girls gotta stick together, man. What the shit? The world is cruel enough to them already. Man. Can't be fighting amongst each other, being like you, idiot cousin of mine, young cousin of mine. You're a dumbass. You know that. You know <laughs> you're a dumb fucking whore. Fuck you. It's like, like all right, man. Jeez. Come on, it. she's just getting started, man. She's like, you idiot, dumb dumb. You just serve them cups. Yeah, but that means she's in the room, isn't it? She's got her foot in the door. Yeah, she can listen to everything. In the room, are you, dumbass? <laughs> what do you know? You're sitting outside and you're weird. That's right, though. Probably figure it out. I don't think they're going to yeah, be antagonists generally with one another. Unless it's just, I mean, I guess that's kind of the thing, though. It, it really is a very game. It, it It's very similar to Game of Thrones again, where it's just like everyone's got a different angle that they're coming at it with. Everyone wants something and all vying with and past yeah. each other for all you know for position and control and everything they can oh no? she's um it seems like most of the alliances and and stuff in this are pretty much temporary for like when it's most beneficial to the people involved mm-hmm. so damon he's the big thing he's up to this episode is that after last yeah, he's week he fled and he's hanging out in dragonstone he's just like hey, i'll be I'm, I'm prince of dragonstone i think so <laughs> so i get to live yeah i think so so i'm gonna do it and then obviously, like again, that he's all ineffectual. His brother, and he's like, ah, he's fine. They're like, hey man, this is not a good look. You're letting your, you're letting all these pirates do shit. You're letting your, your shithead brother take control of your ancestral home. Like, you gotta, I'll, I'll go and deal with them. And then Damon sends a letter. He's like, ah, I got a wife, and she's got my whore wife, and she's pregnant. We're gonna get married, so you can come. And he's like, I'm gonna go tell him what's what. And I was like, no, nah, I'll get him. I don't. We have such a good relationship, me and Damon. We'll handle. I'll handle this. Famously, and then he goes. Famously, level-headed conversations the two of us have. <laughs> yeah, where he, I just get baited, but he just baits me every single time we speak to each other. But then Nera hears that the egg that he stole to put in his son's cradle um, is actually the egg that she picked out for her brother, and she doesn't care for that much. It's, I mean, of why would you? Not. She's like, and then she. Falls. How would you? Kind of a dickhead move. I guess before that, though, the thing Rhaenyra does is um, she just pick, picks the next Kingsguard. She mm-hmm. picks uh, Christian Cole, obviously, because he's sick. He's kind of a Chad. Because he actually fought in war. She, yeah, she's like... He fought the Dornis. He's, he's the only one who actually like did a bit of real fighting in the Dornis marches. So these guys are just like... He fought the West, Westerosi Aiel. That's right. He, he fought the Westerosi Aiel. And he's like... She's like, the rest of these guys are just like... just play games, basically, right? They just do tournaments for fun. Yeah. This guy's killed men. <laughs> so let's pick him. <laughs> this guy's seen war and death. So Kristen Cole, and then he becomes basically her uh, her sworn shield. He's like he's by her side at pretty much every point nowadays. Then on, so um, yeah. Then she she accompany well, not really accompanies, but she also goes to uh, Dragonstone. Right as things are about to boil over into all out violence, and she's like, Damon, mm. being a dick, would you? He's like you've got, would you calm down? Please? Got some good points. <laughs> I'll calm down. She's like, all right, if you're gonna do it, all right, if you're about it, be about it. Kill me. He's like, all right, you can have the egg back. I don't care that much about it. <laughs> I am about it right like here that. and now, <laughs> asshole. And he's like, well, I don't. Well, no, I didn't actually. Yeah, exactly. Add over, and we'll 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 just go home, huh? Uh-huh. All right, we're well, fine. You made your point. I'm, I have my. I'll keep my dragon. You keep your dragon. and I'll go home. I do. Mm, <laughs> His dragon is very snake-like. Yes, it it's quite long. I didn't notice that. It's a big it's dragon. It's a very long neck and a tail. It kind of slithers. And Rhaenyra's looks more like... Like, Dan, Daenerys' dragons are, like, more lizard-like, I guess. Yes. Like, they're kind of shorter. But there's also, like... There's there's age stuff going on here um, that you gotta consider. Right. Um. So, like, Syrax is one of the... No. This is Syrax. His is Caraxes. 
Araxes yeah. is one of the older ones that's out there. Um, so it's going to be larger, naturally. Of course. Um, and then hers is hers is a bit young, quite a bit younger. Sir X's. Right. So many X's. Too many X's. Yeah. Hers is his is Caraxes, hers is Cyrax, um, and then one of them has Merax, I think. I don't know. That might not be around anymore. Meraxes is one of them at some point. Oh, okay, I have a chart here that someone made on, on Twitter. Oh, and wonderful. Um, Consulted. Demons is Caraxes. Um, we don't know that these people aren't important yet. Uh, Renera's is called Melis. Melis, maybe? Um, and this says that hers is... Uh, larger than Drogon was in the final episodes of Game of Thrones. Oh, uh, oh, Drogon's how Drogon's only like what four or five years yeah, old, something, or something like that. He's he's honestly much bigger than I think he even has any right to be. Even still, he's and then yeah, hers is Serax. See, then I don't know though how old some of these are. Like some of these might be second on their second rider. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think. Yeah. I don't know if Serax is one that she hatched because it's quite big and she's she's only yet fifteen, right? But you mentioned Vagar in this book, which is fun. Uh, or in this this book Ooh. this episode, he's like, "Well, you seen Vagar?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, it's I'm sorry though." He's like you know, like out there nowadays, right. we don't know. <laughs> we think she's we think he, is it a she? I don't even know what Vagar is. I think it's a he. I think it's a she. I think Vagar's a she. Okay. She's they're like he. She's out living on the cave somewhere. We don't know what's up. Yeah, we'll let her rock. Uh, what else? The king has a rotting finger, and they're like maggots. I think really. Like, All right, I guess oh, through it. I guess they wanted to like really set up that he's not in good health and that something bad might happen to him so that it doesn't yeah. feel like a plot contrivance when it happens but i mean not really as again it's, that's one of those things that's just glossed over in the book <laughs> he just kind of falls dead mm-hmm. one day because that's what happens it's sometimes like, oh, in medieval oh, times oh. like people just got sick and died yeah. so hey yeah, no no hospitals they're talking about bile and shit oh yeah like, they didn't know what's up maggots eat your finger because that'll fix it yeah I got. I guess they. I guess their thinking is insane, but that wasn't gonna work. It's like, well, if the dead flesh is gone, the living flesh. But it's like, well, I've heard it. What happens if it's like missing chunks of stuff flesh? Like that can actually be can actually work. Like I think that's not a yeah, totally unheard of um thing. Even in even still, I'm pretty sure, right? That like using maggots or something mm-hmm. to that effect to eat away like dead stuff. Valid thing because they are better at like you know in particular with it than like. A surgeon would be like cutting it out, right? Yeah, they'll know. They'll know what's truly dead and what's like in the in between. It's interesting, but it's not going to fix everything. Also, that's got their own. I mean, it obviously presents its own things because then, like, some of those little critters that eat at you, then you can get you know diseases from them because they're been your. They're gross and awful. You know, I don't know what that's about, but um, and then the combination is, uh, yeah, King Viserys is like, I will get his, uh, and they're like, ah, good work, everybody, we did it. This is great. We did it, fellas. Everyone's like, go. And then Aaron's <laughs> like, go ahead, Dad. You did. Yeah, I, I approve. You've got my approval. It'll be cool. I, I don't mind. And he's like, I'm marrying your best friend. <laughs> I'm just like, this is a And the hand of the king's daughter. And I was like, this is incredible. I love it. I was like, oh, who could have seen this coming? Not me. I don't. Ah, I got you. Sure. I mean, I, mean, right. I didn't orchestrate this. In the if beginning. you'd like. If, if you're sure, your majesty. Corliss just storms out. He's pissed as all hell. So mad. Fair enough. I mean, can you blame the guy? I guess. No, no, not I mean, at all. Like, well, you don't want my twelve-year-old daughter. What <laughs> the fuck, man? <laughs> That's the thing, isn't it? It's the tough thing with all this stuff. So, no, I mean, we talked about last week the like the opinions about the uh, birthing scene and how that all went, and then like this is this has been a big topic discussion. This one is like, 
are we meant to think about this whole scenario? And it's like, I think it's another thing where clearly I'm not supposed to think it's ideal or like even good. Yeah. Talking about marrying it. It's like this, is a, this is a bad situation. Because even in the even in the show, clearly there's people who feel that way. King Viserys yeah, really like, especially him. Yeah. So like he's like this. This is fucked. I don't want this. You're meant again. You're meant to be made uncomfortable. This again is also a thing that happens sometimes. It's it's all it's for politics, and they don't make any you know, illusions about that, right? They all know. Mm. Like, they're not even pretending. Like now, nah, this is what it's about. So, but again, luckily it doesn't go through. So I guess uh, poor lady, <laughs> what's she called? L- Lena gets to yeah, Lena have to get married at 12 so good on her good on her she dodged a bullet there she only has to get married when she's 14 <laughs> that's right they're gonna they're gonna find that's someone right. else we for any it, second now probably <laughs> they're like all right what, what are the starks doing let's give her to let's do that i guess what are the lannisters up to no lannisters yet it's a good i've noticed good i haven't heard um yeah did we uh, did we not get at least someone who like showed up i don't because th- I all i remember is that we got one person from the Starks was like, oh, how's Stark? Oh, I'm Hank or whatever huh. his name was. And I don't think, I don't remember there being a Lannister. Definitely going to have to come up, right? Yeah. All, I mean, all our fellows are going to have to come. We got a Baratheon and a Lannister and a Stark, I think. They're the only two like of like the import, of import from before. Yeah, but like we talked about his, Emma was an Aaron. So. That's true. That going for him? He's an Aaron. None of the, no, no, no swamp guys yet. The reeds, no reeds yet. Where are they? Jack, unfortunately. No, no, damn it, George R. R. Martin. Damn you, the bogmen. Why why couldn't the bogmen have trained alligators? Come on, they're alligator riders. That'd be sick if they like had like boats pulled by giant alligators. Because who cares if those Westeros (laughs) can uh, they be can can alligators really be tamed in that way, Jack? Well, Zach, they have dragons, so I don't know what the fuck. (laughs) What are we doing here? Alligators are like, they're dragons, man. Terrifying and godless. Yeah, but just make them fantasy alligators. They're virtually on un- Jack. You're aware of this. They're virtually unchanged since the K2 extinction. They're nature's perfect killer. Well, you can. I mean, you can try anything with enough food. You just keep feeding the fucker. <laughs> That's probably a good point. Like even yeah, you just gotta like be around it. Like what's his name there? Barely. He never really trained him. He just kind of wrangled him. You know. Yeah. This guy, crocodile guy. Uh, Steve Irwin. It's in peace, Steve. But. And he never had like Rest one on a leash Steve. that was like his buddy, right? No, he just rang him. And he had like a tenuous relationship of like, all right, we we keep you at a distance here. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I know what you are. You got you just got to respect what it is. It's all right. As long as you don't forget, it's a big monster. Never forget. And then it's not like a dog. It's not a scaly dog. It's a big killer. It's all right, though. No problem. Keep our right. eyes out, Jack. If if we ever see their banner, um, it's literally just that. It'll be the best. It's episode. just a freaking alligator. I'm pretty sure. Just a big alley. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, well, no. <laughs> it's some big battle scene or something. Well, Keep no. my eyes out. Howland Reed would be like, it's me. Uh, it's oh, not Howland. It wouldn't be Howland Reed. It'd be not. someone else. It's me, from the, it's me, Howland Reed from the future. Oh, Quickly, King Viserys. They're not called Bogmen. They're called Kranigmen in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Kranigmen. Kranig. Oh, they, they also call them. She she has a. Oh, it's in one of the Song of Ice and Fire stories that's in the um on the Blu-rays. Or Mary Reed has hmm. a whole thing about them. They call them Mudmen and stuff. They have like mean names for them. They're kinda... Well, of course they live in a bog. They live in an awful, awful. The Northerners place. are kind of racist to them, which is not not necessary. I think I would have castles and stuff, but live in the swamps. They don't need castles, you know. They need they farms. Need, they they get their their essential homes up. They need farms when they have the swamp. <laughs> the swamp is all you need. 
we can't we kind of get off topic here. but there's definitely lannisters i think that are relevant to this story at some point or maybe not i don't freaking know yeah that's what it's all, all gets taken of i guess so and at the end uh cole's is uh talking to damon that's, that's it they're kind of making some kind of tenuous alliance that it's which is the fun it's a classic moment where corliss is talking to somebody but they're off screen and you're like who's he talking to and then he's going on uh you know you're not so different you and i i've been thinking and it's damon <laughs> i've been thinking and then damon's like hey you shut the fuck up man you're don't talk about a, the king like that he's my asshole, brother but he's still you he's, so, he's the worst i like him i really do like Matt. he's great every time he's on here i'm having a good time but like he's such a prick <laughs> Because they're like, oh yeah, my he's so idiot easy. brother who sucks at ruling, am I right? And then he's like, oh yeah, you know, I, I, I myself am critical of some of the kings. And he's like, what do you say about my fucking brother? I'll kill you. I'll kill you, bro. Don't ever speak to me. He's like, what are we doing here, man? My bad, bro. He's like, keeps, he just kind of like, all right, I'll just get on, keep forging ahead. <laughs> yeah, get on. He's like, man, how do you feel about war? How do you feel about doing a war? And he's like, sign me up. I don't feel about doing a dance with the dragons. Is this something I can interest you in? He's like, sign me up. Let's go do a war. Let's go fight these dead pirates. They maybe they're gonna <laughs> see That'd if the sick. previews for next week are to be believed. There's a there's a bit of warring to be done. I think. Oh, I can't wait for a dragon to just murder a bunch of people in boats. That's what it always comes down to, isn't it? <laughs> He's got a dragon, so yeah. it'll be real. It'll be real so, good. It's not even hard. He's got quite the advantage for him, I'd say. Hopefully, hopefully he doesn't forget about the fleet. You know. <laughs> Oh, Danny kind of forgot about, forgot about you know, the fleet. Yeah, no, he won't forget. And then his, her dragon got murked. That's what they're going for is the fleet. So I couldn't imagine they're going to forget about it. I'd hope not, but you know. Game what do you think about his crest? Larian crest in this. It's kind of sweet, no? Which horse, horse is that again? but it's got like a fishtail. Oh, like it's a seahorse, but it's a cool seahorse. Sea it's like a medieval. Like you described yeah. it. Because on the wiki, it's just a seahorse. Yeah, on the wiki, it's just a regular yeah. seahorse. Well, that's lame as fuck. <laughs> Comparatively, it seems lame, but I mean... It, it shouldn't. I mean, a seahorse yeah. is cool enough, but then you see this one, you're like, ah, oh, it's a cool. It's a bizarre. It's like a hippocampus. Yeah, it's like a hippocampus. That's exactly what it's like, isn't it? But they're cool. Yeah, I read Percy Jackson. And not just the part of your brain. Or are those what the same it? word? I think those are the same word. The hippocampus is a part of your brain. Yeah. Let's give it a look. See here. <laughs> Freak seahorse. <laughs> a hippocampus is a complex brain structure embedded deep into the temporal lobe. You're right. It's just a hippocampus. It is a mean. Yeah, it's both. Why are they called both? Um, it's got a, What's a horse have to do with the... Is it the shape? Do you also... No, the shape is just like a peppercorn in the strong... Oh, no, no, it is. It is the shape. Oh. I'm looking at a photo right now. The hippocampus looks like a regular seahorse. Oh. oh. <laughs> All right, sweet. There it is. Whoa. We've solved it. That's sick. But yeah. I think we had... It was fun, man. Yeah. I'm still enjoying it. I'm having a great time. It's very... Oh, I'm enjoying it. It, it broke its old record. Oh. Of, Second of episode was already more? That? Um, yeah, it's already like one upped itself. See, I saw the um, Incredible. Our, uh Rings of Power is is even more as well. It was like twenty five million. Like, they're good. These, they're yeah, good. that's what I saw. I saw that as well. I don't know how. I maybe maybe. Were you I was gonna say I don't like. I don't know if that's gonna if could ever possibly be a win for on just because like they put so much money into it. I just don't know if the mechanism is there for them to make, make a return on that investment. I just don't see how you could. Oh no. Not at all. I mean, it's like you're talking about half a billion dollars. It's a thing, right? We're watching the show. We're Wait. enjoying it, even. Wait, I'm having a good time. Oh, absolutely. We spent zero extra money to receive this show uh, because. Oh yeah, I would have had the show already, but because Amazon Prime is a service that so many people have for its own sake. I don't. It's whatever. 
not worth. It's almost not worth thinking about. <laughs> Apparently, even like Amazon investors are like Jeff Bezos. You might have spent too much money on this wacky show of yours. <laughs> How are we gonna make it? He's like, nah, I'm going to space now, though. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's up with it, but again, it definitely looks good. Both look good. These are both fun. What a time to be alive, Jack! A couple of good fantasy shows to be watching. Oh, absolutely! It's a fresh air compared to last so year, I'm... where we had a fantasy show that was not very good to watch, and, and we wanted to be good so bad. We were so excited. It was so bad. Why do they have? To, why do they have to ruin my favorite thing? Why do they ruin Perrin, man? What the fuck? No coming back from what they did to Perrin in a lot of ways. Like I, I. There's no like Matt. Matt just stopped showing up. <laughs> There's some things I still he just I still hope up. they can correct course on, but some other things is like if it's too late, you've done it. You've really set up a horrible a horrible change here. You've, you've it's irreparable. Uh, all right though. But anyway, let's get I got of that into She-Hulk episode three, the one with Megan Thee Stallion. <laughs> yes, I believe that's exactly what it's called. I, would, I mean, I, I can't think of another title. It would be what is the title? You're pulling out the title. The people versus them. Sorry, you cut off it for a second. Guys, Jake. Right. Oh my Sorry. God. You look, could you get a little professionalism, please. <clears throat> it's called the people versus Emil Blonsky. Oh, there you go. Perfect. Uh, so, well, this one's just as it named. Uh, she's still trying to recover from the fault of last episode where that video came out about Shang Chi. Shang Chi happened, and she's like, "What the fuck, abomination?" And he's like, "Actually, Wong pulled me out of prison. I'm against my will. You got to go get him." She's like, all right. And then they find his LinkedIn and he was a tar- target employee for many years. I'm uh, really getting that customer service uh, knowledge in. And then uh, they, they get him. And Monk's talking to him. He's like, hey, it's me, Wong. Sorry about that. I'll testify. I, 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 had, to, I had to force Abomination to fight me. Clearly anybody else, like, you know, the actual Hulk to fight me. Um, but I had, to, I had to break laws to do it, I guess. I didn't know that. Is it in the, it's in the thing? What? Uh, his yeah. LinkedIn, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a th- when um her friend is on the f- when she's talking to her friend in the car and she's like I'm trying to f- he's in our prison scares it shows it LinkedIn it lingers on it and it shows like Sorcerer Supreme he had present li- a librarian at Carmitage Target employee Carmitage very fun the Target and Carmitage that's yeah, very fun I guess or somewhere in the city itself not maybe not the not maybe not in like the sanctum yeah. but in like the surrounding city that's fun <laughs> yeah but so. Uh, yeah, she's got to um, recover the what's it? The parole hearing in in spite yeah. of this. Um, and there's also a B plot in this one, which is Jock's oh. new colleague, who they call what do they call him? With it, Pug. I, that's what they call him. I'm sorry. I don't remember. Um, Augustus because his name is Gleezy or something. Um, so her. I assume that's got to be a comic character, right? I'll give him a Google real quick here. Yeah, it's got to be some reference or something. So he um, has a subplot where he has to help former co-worker um, with a case that he's got. Yeah, he is. He's a comic character. He's an unrequited crush on She-Hulk. How about Dennis? There you go. Well, who wouldn't? Come on. Um, their thing is, his thing is that he was defrauded by a guardian shapeshifter who led him to believe that uh, it was the Megan the Stallion. <laughs> yeah. And they, and they make a point to sit here and talk. Megan the Stallion. Not Megan the Stallion. They go the yeah. E, they stress right. the the. I'm like, that's got to be Besides like that extra the. I mean, the extra E, it's there. I mean, come on, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I think that was fun. I don't know. I just enjoyed it. I enjoyed this the B plot a lot. Yeah, this this episode was I, yeah. This episode was probably the best. Yeah, so maybe. Far. I mean, it it kind of has fully found its groove, right? Two episodes were two mm-hmm. episodes of setup. This one is just the thing of like, all right, it's two. It's like it really is approaching like a legal thing. 
just like a procedural like room scenario for both of these plots mm-hmm. yeah which is a lot of fun I thought i i one problem i did have with this episode is that when they're setting up the b plot in the courtrooms in like their office i don't know the cgi looks bad like i know you don't want to point this out but like she hulk looks weird her hands are very big i don't know if i just like ah, she's a big person but like her hands seemed big like even for like a six foot seven hulk lady and then, like, when they're, like, doing meetings, it's very clear that, like, what part is built and what part is just green screen background. So it's, like, uh, that kind of, like, threw me off a little bit. But the rest of the episode was fine. Like, the Abomination CGI was pretty fine. And then Chiyok's fight at the end with the Wrecking Crew is, was fine. But just that one scene, like, kind of threw me off. Mostly, uh, people have seemed to have kind of, like, chilled on, yeah, this isn't above the, the CGI, right? It was coming under fire a lot from the trailers, yep. and then well, now have seen mostly been like, oh no, it actually doesn't look that bad in the show. But then this week, the yeah, the discussion kind of uh, surfaced with some of the stuff being a little subpar. Um, I also seen a lot of people saying that like it might just be the the TVs. I mean, I don't know what you watch it on in particular, but a lot of people seem to think that like motion smoothing could be be a culprit here. That's what I've heard. That like that's. Uh... That's like like ruining your TV. Like if you watch, I think it was the Always Sunny podcast. They talked about how they don't like everyone. That, hate, hate it on everyone TVs. who knows anything hates it. Hates it. And it's one of those things. I like, I thought about going back and fixing it. Like, yeah, they like it turn it. It turns itself on. Apparently, is the is the idea. Oh, I'm looking right now on my TV to make mm-hmm. sure. I don't even know. I don't even know where you find it. I think they just get rid of it. They probably it's probably almost hates it. They like hide it. It's good, but whatever. I I don't disagree though. There's a couple parts where you're like. Eh, it doesn't look it doesn't look incredible but whatever mm. i mean she's a hulk right it's one of those things this is the thing i always say is like the best cgi really stuff that you think is like innocuous that you wouldn't never guess is cgi and that's how they like mm. and and so gotcha definitionally like i feel like the best cgi is the stuff that you don't take any note of almost it's like something right, like a yeah. she hulk not gonna notice <laughs> that she's a big hulk woman i mean mm. it's you know like what are you gonna do yeah right of course you're gonna be looking at that the whole you time have to. i mean you can't yeah you can't ignore it she's a never gonna actually woman. convince me that she's really there right? <laughs> oh my gosh i can't believe mm. they got she hoped to yeah. come do the actual show i can't believe they made a re they've, they've really infected the actresses with gamma radiation but what commitment like no i mean no that's not what's what's at play here so right yeah it's it's it was a lot of fun I have the sh- the hearing and uh he brings in all these character witnesses, all from the prison and everything, and they're like, "This guy, sick, great dude, he's very, he's very cool. He taught us all how to read and clean everything up and whatever and all this." And how to give him Max wise. <laughs> we meet his the soulmates that he talked about last week. They are not the Thunderbolts. It's just damn it. I was hoping I was hoping for all the Thunderbolts to be it's here. Just like seven, just like women. He's been like cult- pe- yeah, but he's like really uh really impressed. I guess <laughs> he's wooed and <laughs> they all want to <laughs> live with him together. Apparently, so. But eventually, oh, wood. I could go for some wood as well, I guess. And then uh, like, Wong finally shows up, and he's like, "Yeah, it's all my fault. This guy should get out." Uh, and he does, which is that's nice. And they were like, "Hey, Wong, uh, you also committed a crime." He goes, "I gotta go. See you on fellas." I must depart. Very funny. I like that a lot. Wong, I do. I really appreciated the uh, fourth wall break where he's like, "I know you guys all want to see Wong. All right, we'll get to it." <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to one more. Which is very it. fun. He's showing up. I like that they know. And of course they know. But like that's been the joke, right? Wong has become the new mm-hmm. new guy that's in everything. 
they love him. I mean, he's great. Who doesn't love Wong? Yeah, he's great. Wong seems a swell guy. He's and, a lot of fun. Uh, and in that fourth wall, she's like, and don't worry, it's not going to be like an every sort of week kind of cameo. And she's like, well, except for Bruce and Blonsky and Wong and probably Daredevil next <laughs> Which week. is already three for three, right? In a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, so it's like, I think, I'm thinking that's a lampshade of every week's going to have a cameo some extent, huh? of somebody. Be more than you realize. But yeah. it is, they are kind of different. I guess the difference is that they feel, f- they like totally work, I feel like, for the actual thing, right? Not just like ham fisted. Right, yeah, because you don't, yeah. Just like, oh, we need Wong for an episode, but we can't use him for the rest because he'd be too strong. It's just like, well, no, he can't really do magic to do law. law. We just need him to do the law, and then he, he leaves because he's not part of the right next case. Exactly. Because like, uh, what else? They do the- Bruce again. It just makes sense. Like, yeah. Also, they're not hardly cameos. Like Bruce and Blonsky in particular were in, you know, got a decent amount of screen time and everything, and actual stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Like, it's hard to say it's a cameo when he was in the first two episodes and everything. You know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what is another thing I was gonna say? Uh, later on, the oh yeah, the end of the episode, they do that. She finds a wrecking crew. They try to get her, and they do that thing where all the bad guys are like, "We gotta go tell the boss about this." It's like, all right, well, gotta. Ha- it's a Marvel thing. Gotta have some mysterious boss in the background, yeah. setting all the henchmen. I wonder. Uh, you got ideas of who he might be? I don't know. Like, it's one of those things where they, yeah, they probably just never, like, n- not necessarily totally accurate to well, who who hired the Wrecking Crew in the comics or whatever. It's probably not that kind of thing. Not not yeah. neither should it be. Neither does it need to be. Right, but, of course. Um, it could be like anyone. I. I suppose it could, of course, be like an established guy. But then, like, then again, like such goofballs in this. Like, I don't think it could be an established, like, successful type of villain, right? Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really have any. I just what you're saying. But I, I had the thought that because of our Flippy Boy, could is there a possibility that it could be Kingpin? Just straight up a, Kingpin? Because I don't think there's probably a possibility. Because why would Daredevil be so far? Like, I mean, he'd be on the other side of the country. Like, why would he come to? LA? Yes, I didn't even appreciate that until like. I saw someone tweet about it. Um, I talked about last week, just offhand, really for no reason, <laughs> the Daredevil comic where he becomes a gay in San Francisco. Um, I was like, oh, that yeah. is kind of like he's obviously San Francisco and LA are not the same, but it's just certainly much closer sure. than New York. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, he is going to have to come from New York, oh, absolutely. I guess. So I don't know what that's about. Yeah. So I wonder what, what, what will draw him in? Because like him being Matt Murdock. I guess is one thing. He's like, well, he's a lawyer. They could send him to. It's reasonable that they'd send a, a, a high top New York lord to do a high profile LA case. But then why would he find the need to dress up and be Daredevil and like run also around? Also, not really that? a high profile lawyer. Like that's his whole thing. Oh right, yeah, he's he's low to the ground. He's Especially because man. they're both defense lawyers now, it really doesn't make a ton of sense. But we'll see. It, I mean, they have to cross paths in the court early. Otherwise, what the hell's the point? Oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. Can't put the other the what other superhero lawyer in your lawyer show and not have them do lawyer things together, right? Or maybe they work together on a case and then they no. also work together on beating up bad guys. Yeah, yeah. So. The streets? I mean, you're probably not of something with that. Yeah, it could easily just be that. Yeah, and we have like a funny fourth wall break moment where she's like, we all see this, right? <laughs> I don't know that that's just the same guy from before. I'm going to pretend it's not Stad Daredevil. Yeah. Okay, cool. We're pretend it's not just Matt Murdock. All right, cool. Again, this show remains fun. Maybe make a joke where you're like, hey, he's finally here. Just good stuff. Oh, and then the the the, the B plot resolves with because the the other side's argument is that well, it's not they didn't really defraud him because why could she? How could he possibly ever believe that Megan the Stallion would want to date him? So they get Jen to uh, testify about how much of a dick to, to actually drag, drag him in, in court. 
but uh, he was like the most conceited jerk ever. And of course he would be just, just enough of an ego to believe that the real life Megan the Stallion would want to date him. And they're like, all right, win. <laughs> yeah, it's a win. And Megan, Megan the Stallion. Oh, yeah, there. I just like that. Oh my gosh, she's there. She's in the background and then she's in the mid credit scene. There's been a bunch of discourse about that too. Just, what do you think, just, Jack? Were you offended by the, the credit scene of, she, I, of She-Hulk twerking with Megan the Stallion? I uh, for one I didn't expect, I didn't expect it. it either. I was like, well, this is not. What I, I don't, but I'm like, I, I didn't. To be honest, I was like, I don't need to see a CGI green woman twerking. But I was like, I don't actually care that much about it. I just it's more of a neutral, neutral to like, yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, I'm pretty neutral on She-Hulk twerking as well, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. People love. I've seen a bunch of people like cut together, be like Mar- MCU back then versus MCU now, and they'll be like the scene where Thanos kills Loki. Yeah. In Infinity War, and they'd be like, oh. and then she all twerked, and I was like, all right, well, not just, that's just bad faith. Oh, you're just not, you're not taking okay. all things into account. Is there any other way they know bad faith? Mm-hmm. No, no. <laughs> well, the beginning of this very important movie and this television, and the end of this comedy television show don't have the same tone, so this one's worse. It's like, all right, fella, what the fuck are you doing? What are we doing here, man? What's even I saw one where it was like the part where Yinsen dies in Iron Man, and he's like, earn, earn this, Tony Stark. We're comparing that. I'm like, what? Why? Just necessary. Also, go- <laughs> guys, I don't know if you remember. Iron Man also did goofy stuff in his movies. Like, let's not be silly here. Come on. Yeah. He also told all his jokes. And also, there was a serious part in She-Hulk, but you guys didn't like that one exactly. either. So, like, what, what are we even doing? Jack, what I ask myself every week here. What are we even doing, guys? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but without bad faith arguments, we'd lose half of our podcast runtime. So apparently, there's a part, uh, uh, or not a part. The big reason, a big reason for this, I was reading. It's just that Tatiana Maslany is a Megan Thee Stallion fan and just wanted to do a scene with her. That's, That's fun. fun. That just seemed nice and fun. Good for her. Maybe it's not, not a big thing we need to get all upset about. Yeah. I, I did. I think it was funny. I will say at the end when she's like, I'll kill for you, Megan Thee Stallion. And she's like, all right, <laughs> back up. Whoa, hold on. I thought that was funny. Oh, she gets all intense about it. Huh. I do think it's weird that this is the, the MCU introduction of Megan Thee Stallion, but I mean, you may as well, I guess. I, I guess she's canon. I guess like... Is WAP canon? Oh. Did did WAP come out in twenty twenty? When did WAP was WAP twenty twenty? Uh, sounds right. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it all depends. Man, Jack. Seems like is Cardi B canon to the MCU? Well, that well, there it is. We gotta. If she, is she gonna show up? Megan the Stallion uh, blipped, or is she f- just uh, older than and she is in our world at this point? Oh, that's true. Oh, interesting. It? Was Cardi B not blipped, and she made she somebody made else? Somebody else. Well, that's is, isn't it? Be it. The possibility. Oh, these are the hard-hitting <laughs> questions. These are the hard-hitting questions. Marvel's gonna be real. Marvel's gonna be real quiet when this episode comes out. Good <laughs> uh, on us. Oh. God bless. All right. Should yeah, I, I get this just, I, I, I would be very pleased if next week is just another like case or two that they just gotta do, and it's just kind of a fun. It truly is just like a fun thing, and you can have this, this whatever this larger plot is in the background, like like they did with this one, where it's just like a small part of every episode. It's gonna be fun. Yeah, I think so. I agree. So let's let's take a take out of this into Wheel of Time books nine, ten, and New. S- oh no, excuse me, not nine, ten, ten, eleven, and New Spring, yes. affectionately known as the book where nothing happens and the book where everything happens and the book he wrote before he died or between There's these. Between those, actually. So these. So between those. So I'll change that. And so these are the last three books written by Robert Jordan before his unfortunate passing. Right. Uh, and we admit. We kind of line it up this way because we'll just do all the Robert Jordan books, and then the next three are just the last three were all written by our our best friend Brandon. <laughs> that's right. My 
close personal acquaintance. Yeah, I've, I'm actually he's calling me right now. I'll, I'll, I'll text him saying we can talk. Busy. This is a guy busy. He loved our discussion about his religion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but, uh, well, yeah. As as you kind of uh, alluded to, also the Twilight in particular is is not my favorite <laughs> uh, so far. Not anyone's favorite. I've, it's very far and away seen as the worst Wheel of Time book and of the 14, or definitely 15. The thing you and I have, oh, I mean, we've discussed this uh, off show, of course, obviously, in our, in our talkings. It really isn't horrible, and I guess that's, like, a, if anything, a good, like, endorsement of the series, is that I didn't despise it or anything. I wasn't, at any point, like, ready to fully, nah. like, cast it off and give up or anything. No, even the worst of these. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. I didn't force myself to get through. I wasn't like, oh, I got It wasn't like yeah, a slog. Really it was like good writing, and interesting characters. Yeah, and yeah stuff. exactly. And like, I can't lie that I wasn't sitting there thinking, like, man, I wish things would happen, but it also wasn't like unbearable. <laughs> so I, I don't know. You know, it's somewhere in between. Yeah, there, I guess. But that's the, right. Yeah, I, that's the I, thing I, we've been saying about this series all the way through, right? Even the less in mm-hmm. less, you know, incredible books. Um. I've enjoyed my time with them. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is a well-written series for sure. No, no doubt about that. And if there's ones where we're like, man, I wish something else would have happened. This one, or like, I wish this thing would have gotten resolved. Or uh, we've been saying, we said the last time when we did the the previous three to this. You know, even then, we were kind of feeling like, wow, a lot of these plots aren't resolving in the way that we'd like. Um, some of those plots still mm. haven't resolved at the point where we're at now, which is kind of unfortunate but again it's, it's kind of a journey not destination thing i suppose yeah, i'm having a good time yeah so yeah for sure i really complain too much but yeah also the twilight in particular is like a book that is entirely continuing the the setup of the previous book and also doing some setup for the the following book and virtually nothing is resolved in the actual in the yeah. entire runtime in the main story itself just I guess the only thing that's kind of resolved is the f- that everybody sees that Sidene has been cleansed or like feels that's- the cleansing occur and is like, that's like, crazy. And then they you go, know all right, that's over. That, right? That's a thing that happens in the previous book. It feels at times like we spend yeah. two thirds of the, the, the next one just re- just reacting to it. And it's like, well, no, we, we knew that happened because we read the last book. This isn't. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like it's only interesting so many times when you have a moment where everyone's like, oh, something's happened. Because it's like, well, yeah, I know. I know what happened because I read the book, guys. <laughs> like, Yeah, yeah. And, espe- and especially Wheel of Time has this problem a lot, I feel. I, I don't know if I've echoed this in the show, but we definitely talked about it off the show, uh, is that Robert Jordan likes to be like, oh, these were all these, like, be more realistic with what characters know and what they'll talk about and what theories they'll have and what's happening. But that's not very interesting when I've known what's happened for a whole book. And they're like, I wonder if Rand's actually doing this when all the Aes Sedai in the tower are like wondering if the Ashaman are real and how many they actually have. It's like, well, I know exactly how powerful the Ashaman are and how real of a threat they would be to them. And to hear them be like, it's not real. It's like, it's kind of, it's kind of annoying. It's like, well, for the sake of realism, I can understand it. But from the sake of reading it, it's like, well, I'm kind of omniscient in this. So like, you don't have to tell me a hundred times that the Aes Sedai don't know what's going on or that gradually annealed that don't know why there's so much idea in the air and why it suddenly happened like you don't have to do that every time because like i know and kind of can extrapolate on how these characters are going to feel about it exactly like especially at certain points they get like sometimes like three books removed almost it'll be like a character will be like yeah i don't know what happened there and i'm like wait a minute you still don't know 
that happened three books ago. I've not yet. I've like known forever. Interesting to have some of your like this this massive disproportion in your you know, the distribution of uh, information, especially because we're at a point in the series where there is near instantaneous travel that should resolve yeah. these communication or issues it, it in a even, lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, it gets even. I mean, the worst part of it, I think, book and this isn't book ten, but book nine. I just thought of it when Rand's like, "Oh yeah, where'd Matt go?" Like he doesn't know where Matt is. But we've known where Matt's been since book six. Else, nobody knows like, where Matt is. We know Matt's been doing <laughs> other things. than us, right? Yeah, they're like, I don't know. Everyone else is just happy yeah. to be like, he's the probably all right, or he's not. Because I know. <laughs> or he's not. That who, who fucking knows? It's like, Ren, that's like your best friend. Send some Ashraman and go I find him. Use the like, Ashraman once, like, man. And none of them are like, we should probably go find that guy we like. He's like, yeah, he'll live. He's, he's not going to die. It's like, I guess that's fine. You get your own stuff to worry about. But like, I don't know, man. I don't like that Anibis lies to Rand is like, I don't know where he yeah, is. He's somewhere. Cool. He's with the Gwain still. Not that we left him in Ebudar with the Shan Chan. Oops. There's Sorry, no Rand. I believe he escaped in, in any any form. It isn't just a captive, if not yeah, He's very likely <laughs> dead or captured. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Anyway, let's go do your thing, man. Yeah. Let's go to Far Medla, meddling or whatever. I mean, I think you can't discount, I will say, though, I, I feel, at least, is that Rand isn't always going to make the best decisions because he's kind of crazy now so yeah that's true this book 11 really shows the fact that ran is i mean it's flat out said spoilers samurag is like nah, he's fucked yeah, like that guy's man. crazy <laughs> and we they've been working him. on it and and i mean presumably they will somehow fix him in some form or fashion prior to the, the final climax of this whole thing uh, but yeah right now he's in a bad spot right. mentally so it kind of makes sense that he might not yeah. be making the best decisions uh, and really he hasn't rash. been you know Forever, right? Like he's been doing weird stuff for like six books now. For a while, I mean, ever since ever since he crossed the Dragon Wall, 30. really. Ever since yeah. he got all the Aiel and like made. So- I mean, not that he's done everything wrong. All his power. But he's certainly made some poor choices. And he's not done it all the way right, though, because like he's doing a lot of. Ha- I think the thing is, is like he's the thing he do are like like almost fifty percent right and wrong because like well i made the ashman which we'll need but also i put mazra and have totally and check up on it i totally so just put, left that and haven't looked into yeah. it whatsoever yeah even though in this book logan's like hey man you should go look back most of them don't know what you look like and mazra just making shit up and saying you said it like you need to go back he's like I he calls himself the leader and leads like, them <laughs> like yeah and and all the time ran's like what's mazra doing over there he's like nah, i can't i can't be bothered Rogan's like he has secret classes, and he only raises certain people to Ashaman. Do you notice that he raises his people he likes, and will follow him? He doesn't raise everybody. He didn't raise your boys because he didn't. They weren't gonna follow him. They're either too old or too young. Like it's very clear on what he's doing. That there's like he's he's clearly not well with the whole. I mean, like the voice in his head. That's one thing. Um, and also like yeah. the whole thing where he he's obsessive about the women who've died for him. That whole thing. He like this like yeah. compulsion to like list out all of their names in sequence and the whole like he can't go to sleep until he's done it and everything like shit like that's like he's clearly not well um, so yeah, he's he's going on he's like he's got the madness and he's sick for his his two wounds that won't heal the taint the brands in his hands like all this pain like he's just he's literally in constant pain and he's, he's from so accustomed to it like he doesn't even feel he doesn't recognize it anymore Oh, Crossroads of Twilight in particular, I didn't have almost any, like, notable moments that I wrote down, because, again, it's, like, almost nothing is resolved, which feels shitty to say, but... 
Yeah, but that's yeah, that's just how it is. Uh, the only notable moment for me I've, is when Logan meets up with Rand again. Finally meets Rand. It's like a moment I've we've both been waiting for since I think since Logan showed up again and since he was healed. It was like, all right, when's he gonna see? When's he gonna team with Rand? Like, what is he gonna do? And now he's teamed up, and then he. Well, I really thought I was really worried. Honestly, when we read book ten, when he instantly sends him and Bashir away, I'm like, fuck. Is it gonna be like Logan and Bashir, the fucking comedy hour? For like the next two books until they meet up for the last battle, but thankfully that doesn't happen. <laughs> I was like, oh, thank God. But yeah, I don't. We can move on to Knife and Dreams because there's like twenty again. Like I said, nothing happens in book ten, and everything happens in book eleven. So there's like twenty things that we could talk about in book eleven. They do resolve that pretty quick. At least they come back at the end of that book and they're like, "Ready? We got to meet. Meet with the slavers. Woo! Woo!" Um, I did read a couple of fun quotes that I had from Cross of the Twilight. <clears throat> Um, just for the fun. Um, is when you knew that you were going to hang, the only thing to do was grin at the noose. It's a fun one. And one of the more, like, I don't know, meaningful sort of ones mm-hmm. is in the beginning when Matt's, like, um, he's feeling bad about, because he let, we talked about last time, we talked about these books. Uh, one of our favorite moments in Winter's Heart is when Matt lets the uh, Windfinders go because it's the right thing to do. And now, in the beginning of Cross of the Twilight, he's dealing with the aftermath of that uh, because. It obviously ensued right. in like a big fight, and Windfinders died, and Shan Chen died, and it wasn't you know a bloodless affair by any means. And so he's like, I wonder if I did the right thing by letting him go because caused all this damage and destruction and death. And he's got this thought where he says, "The innocent died along with the guilty, and if you did nothing, then only the innocent died." That's that's an interesting quote. Mm-hmm. Idea. Yeah, I think to show that everything you do is going to have consequences. Just that like. How much? If you do nothing, only you bad things happen. Right? But if you do something, good thing, something good can yeah, maybe you, ha- you have to obviously to to get any anything that you want. You have to make the choice there. It's kind of like um you know like pacifism. Mm-hmm. It comes up in this series sometimes. It comes up in Stormlight. It's like pacifism is good on per paper, but like if you if you just do nothing, then the people who are willing to do bad things are going to take advantage of that. Like, yeah, people always do bad things. Fortunately, sometimes all it's all you can do is that you got to do something, even if it's the perfect choice. So, it's a good one. I want a knife of dreams. So, as you said, like this one is kind of one where everything happens because this really does has the 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 resolution of a lot of the hanging plot threads we've had for a few books running now. So, first first one I have written down is a big moment that I really enjoyed is in the prologue where Galad, who has been pretty pretty absent from the story for a while now other than in yeah. off uh prologues um he's with the children of light still and he's caught wind of the fact that i'm involved um was doing some untowards things with her gaze and maybe even uh, is responsible for her death and so he challenges him to uh like this old school trial of combat thing that the children of the light have centuries old tradition that's not been invoked mm-hmm. in a long time and Valda in his own arrogance is like ah oh, yes which, whichever man has charges to bring against another is is bring them right before me it'll be sweet <laughs> i'm cool with that and it's like it's you know what it very much reminded me of is the whole um scene in in game of thrones where they get a uh, little finger oh yeah he goes how do you, you how do you answer sir. to these crimes lord baelish in there and you're like oh <laughs> oh yeah, that scene was high. I was like, oh, fuck, that was me. I was like, they got him, they got him, they got him, finally. They got this. That's kind of what happens here. He's like, well, the thing is, it's you, Raymond Valda. And he's like, oh, sick. All right, we're going to have a sword fight then to determine justice. This is proper back in the day, you know? 
He who walks in the light, God will help. Like, exactly. like the last duel. The last duel. Like the last duel and the mountain versus the viper and all this. They love love trials by combat. It's great. Great for a medieval setting. Oh, yeah. So it's like, all right, have a sword fight. And uh, of course, heroic God wins the sword fight. Um, and uh, it's his ass. And under the oh. rules of the children of the light, he becomes a blade master. Yeah, under the rules of the children of the light, he actually gains Emmonvalda's rank, making him Lord Commander of the children of the light. <laughs> <laughs> and under the rules of a blade master, by killing a blade master, he gets the blade and becomes himself a blade master. In, in, fair, in combat, fair combat, which he did. Um, and he's a blade master. So I'm glad they. Uh, I'm glad we see Glad again. I'm glad that Robert Jordan instantly goes, "All right, now all the white clothes are led by good persons. So they're not going to be as much of a big as dicks as they were. They're going to be. They're going to be nice. I kind of thought nicer. I feel like that was on the path. I was like, when when we got Galad, yeah. I was like, well, I guess it could go one of two ways. I guess Galad could either just go straight up evil. Kind of, or Galad gets to make them good, right. and he did, which is good because it's kind of yeah. I, there were a couple. I'm just gonna say, there's there's this idea I'm throughout sorry, the whole series that pretty much anyone who isn't straight up like an evil servant of the dark, you're gonna need for the the last battle. So like even the dark, even the the lo- the white cloaks who kind of suck in a lot of ways, hard to have them on side than not, right? I mean, we need every hand we can get to fight the Tarman mm. Gaiden. So so he's like, fellas, we're gonna fight in the yeah, last was- battle. We gotta fight alongside some. I said I probably, and they're like, you know what? Over that, go. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cool with that. You gotta, for what it. do they say? You gotta. Sometimes you can join with the serpent to fight the raven. The battle's done or something. Some shit like that. You know, how they go. Some, yeah, yeah, some poetic shit. No, that's what they're gonna do. Uh, that's like I said, it's in the epilogue. That's oh, or the prologue. It's good stuff, man. Lots of uh, sword forms in that. Excellent. Oh, God, Love the sword so forms. Many sword forms. Being the barley and too many. The cat on crossing the courtyard and shit. And on high winds oh, or yeah. something, I don't know. They love them. There's a million of them. <laughs> in the needle, that's one of them for sure. Um, they so love then, them. They see a big one of this one is uh, a culmination finally of the parent plot. So he's been chasing after his wife for three bucks at this point. I guess she's been kidnapped and made to a guy shine by the Shido. And um, Perrin's idea is to team up with uh, Sean Chan, actually. <laughs> Bit of an enemy of my enemy, my friend thing. No, oh, yeah, yeah. But team up with the serpent to the raven. And, the um, he meets this chick and he this banner general chick of uh of the Don Chan. He's like, What do you think about doing a bit of a team up killing all these Shido? And she's like, Sweet. So they basically pollute the water supply with uh fork root. Yeah, to make them so all that weak. none of the I said I can channel. Um then they they get him. Launch an assault and it's very successful because yeah, with Dormani and no one to to challenge them. Um Slutbath. They rip they through the shine. Dance the spears and all, but they don't. Yeah, and know, the, don't get to watch their spears that day. Yeah, they, you can't really you dance can. with lightning. I didn't have longbows. So those fellows from the two rivers really putting the work yeah, with the, those, uh, those English U longbows. Yeah. Yeah. Tam shows That's up as right. well. He Tam's just, just there. He's like, hey, what's up, parents? He opens a portal and he's like, you ready to come just lead us? <laughs> <laughs> kind of a cool moment, but. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, one the stress, one little sad part about that, you know, as much as I don't like the Shido, at the end of the battle, the person comes to the parents like, "Yeah, we got two hundred of them collared now," and I was like, oh, upsetting, no. isn't it?" No, yeah. it was yeah, a bit. Upsetting. I was like, "I don't like the Shido, but I don't want them to be." Magic. Even the rest of them feel that Perrin and Fael and them are like, "Is that the is that the right choice that we've made here?" Yeah, <laughs> Perrin has this revelation. We done it. We we made it. Sean Chan, which is like the we, we've talked about, right? Like. Sean Chan throughout the our reading of these books here is that they're like real horrible. Um, but this book in yeah, particular has made some strides towards like maybe they're not all that bad um, to an extent. 
or at the very least, they're complicated because you know mm. their their whole society is this horrible you know thing that we that we would abhor, right? And even the people in the wheel of time are like, this you guys suck. But then they are complicated enough that like Perrin is like, well, she does some stuff that's truly horrible. But then like she was honest and and brave and like you know, she was a good ally to me. Like I can't really fault anything she did to me. So you know it's kind of it's kind of complicated. Uh, he gets his mm. wife back, and they're they're cool to continue on their adventures. I guess maybe they'll finally get they're all happy to see him, but now he's like escaped. So <laughs> it's its own thing. Yeah, well, most of his people are. I guess dead maybe they too. just. Everyone's like, I was hoping to hamstrung him enough that he won't be a problem. Yeah. He lost all his men. Rand's kind of taking control and stuff. Uh, Armin. Armin? He is. He, he kind of turns on Perrin. He's like, actually, you're evil. The prophet told me that. My son had told me that. So I got to save you from. I got to save Fahil from you. And he's like, oh, buddy, come on. We're not really doing this, right? <laughs> come on. And he kills him. Um, I like the part where Loyal um, is like arguing with his fellow Logan. Uh, Ogier, because they're like, I think we're gonna sit this one out. <laughs> we set out the we set out the war the hundred years, so I think we're just gonna sit this one out and wait. To, and he's like, "You guys, idiots! This is the shadow. This isn't like a this isn't a petty the fight shadow. among men. This is like this is the this is the final battle. This is Tarman Gaiden. Like, we are gonna be there. That's the whole point. The thing we've all been waiting. We, we for. fought in the War of the Shadow. We fought in the um Black Wars. Like when when it comes right down to it, we, we're gonna participate. I'm just gonna like sit back. Yeah, we live yeah, here too. We can't man. let them." conquer the world that's foolish settings won't protect us forever and then and he gives a soul and passion speech and i was really a fan of that and i was like this is sick sick stuff loyal oh yeah uh, and then in that same breath when he well, was hanging out with rand a uh, hundred thousand trollocs are sent to attack and then rand uh, and logan yeah. kill them all with pretty minimal losses <laughs> um you know with i almost like 13 dead people honestly how many guys i get because in the yeah. in the Heat of the moment, he learns or remembers whatever a bunch of uh, old Age of Legends techniques and discovers death gates. And... Well, he, he didn't remember. Uh, Luce the Ren, Luce the Ren takes control of Sidene yeah, and weaves them. Whatever for that him. means, but yeah, what I, I, I they got to clear that up. It's very because Luce the Ren thinks he's alive. Rand thinks he's alive. Like, now you're in my head, man. I and the thing is, again, is like Rand is kind of crazy. Yeah, so Rand there's no, alive. there's almost no telling like how much of it is even real. Like it, it's really no way to know almost. Yeah. I'm sure it'll be explained at some point, of course, but yeah, like, still such a foggy thing for us now. He, uh, mm. get them all. They use death gates and fire arrows and all this different cool stuff, and, uh, they get a bunch of them. Yeah, little gang gets mad that he ran, ran, he thought Rand was holding back from him. He's like, you taught mods from that, not me. And he's like, bro, come on, what are you doing here, man? I'm, I'm going crazy. You gotta keep it together. I thought that was funny, because Logan just kind of whines. He's, uh, Logan isn't, his whining is kind of, uh, I guess justified, because Rand's not doing what he thinks True. he should be doing. Um, as the dragon, but I think it's funny to put Logan as like a whiny baby, as a whiny child who just is like, no, I want, I want to be cool. I want to be, I'm cool. I'm on your cool team. Moves. Make me the leader. <laughs> Even Logan is taking over because he's like my men, and Rand's like your men. What the fuck are you talking about? You, the only reason you are, you have, you were in that black coat because of me, big man. You would have been rotten with the Aes die if it wasn't right. for me. Um, what else? And then another big thing with Rand, uh, he goes. Tier, who was in Tier, uh, meet up with Moraine's cousin. Oh yes, he goes to Tier again. He goes to like oh, the right. actual he city, in, right? The stone. He goes to Tier. He goes to the city of Tier, the stone, and uh, he's walking around. He goes in there, and then he's talking to Moraine's cousin and the the guy he likes, who he named Steward. And they're like, actually, all your guys you sent are coming back. And he's like, what are you talking about? Send them back. And he's he's getting furious because nobody's listening to him. 
and they're not obeying. They're all doing their own machinations. They're all trying to Game of Thrones him, and he's like, I'm having none of this. Uh, and so they're like, eh, they made him king of tier. And he's like, fine, you're king. I don't care. Whatever. I'm mad. And then he leaves again, and he goes and talks to the Sean Chan. Uh, and he, he's only allowed to bring a certain amount of channelers, so it's like him and Cad Swain and Nynaeve Loghain and Arashim and a third person whose name I don't remember, third Ashaman. And they show up, but it's actually it's Semarag in disguise, the trap with a bunch of uh, Damani. Uh, and then in the... Luckily, yeah, they're trying, channel, yeah, they're trying to get them. Idoms. Female Idoms. And male Idoms. I got them both. Uh, and so in the chaos, uh, Semarag throws a big fireball at, at Min. Rand tries to stop it, and it blows off his left hand. Uh, it's just gone. It's all like charred and gross, and he gets it healed. And then he's like, you all right, man? He's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm over it. It's not even a big problem. Let's get moving. And he's like a concussion probably. And he's like, bro, you're fucked. Like, what is going on? <laughs> really? Like, we talked about how, like, it, it's been like, what, five books ago now? Where Ed Swain and um, Cerulea have that meeting where they're like, listen, we got to join forces because yeah. Rand's going, he's getting too mean. He's getting too mean and grim and stuff. He's got to, we got to, yeah, like, it's... make sure he doesn't succumb fully to, like, this, like, Stoic. Um, I don't care about anything. I gotta be hard. I gotta be hard as stone because if he goes too far with it, then he yeah. he might become, you know, almost like yeah, he evil. almost might become the thing he's sworn to destroy. Here, they say that like his victory might be as terrible as his defeat if he if he goes too far in this direction. So that's when he's working on it, but she hasn't seemed to have made much progress. <laughs> he loses oh, no, his hand, know. and everyone's like, "Rand, it's okay to be like upset by this," and he's just like, "Couldn't even be bothered. I I literally couldn't care any less." This is all the interest I can most. I'm actually over it now. And Min's, Min's like, yeah, he's not even thinking about like, it Rand, anymore. You could like even maybe, get, maybe cry a little. Like no one would judge you if you shed a few tears for this. This is pretty traumatic. And he's like, I can't. I I don't think it is actually. I think for me, I I don't mind. I'm actually fine. <laughs> and then he's like, Hey Bashir, I got to learn the sword again. Isn't that funny? And he's like, Bro, I guess, man. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> um, and then pivoted to the best but, uh, stuff in this book. He still wants. Wait, actually, oh, we'll, we'll do that. So after, actually, go between with with all the Rand stuff. Um, after the battle at Banner House, there, um, Eve is like, Lan, I can tell you're upset, husband of mine. I'd like to go fight, ready for the last battle. And he's like, Yeah, this Rand idiot's not getting ready. He's he's, he's wasting time. Yeah, Rand's final battle's coming. It's still, it, it, come on, we all know it. In this whole book, they're talking about how it's on the, the dead are rising and shit, the wind, and everyone can kind of feel it, and all the signs are coming, and mm. the the wolf is using a hammer and shit or whatever. The the raven is missing a yeah, box the wolf, or the, the fuck. The mar- fox yeah, marries yeah. the raven. Fox marries the raven, and people are coming. Ghosts are walking, and all this like it's going crazy out here. The final battle is clearly on the on the cusp, and so he's like, "All right, Lan, all right, all right Lan, you want to go to you want to go fight in the." The blight? You want to kill yourself in a war against the shadow again, like a dum dum? <laughs> you to the borderlands. I'll take you right to the borderlands. Yeah, right there. He's like, oh, sweet. sweet. So Thanks she takes him to the borderlands, but she doesn't take him to Owen's Gap. She takes him to the like opposite end of the borderlands, and she's like, all right, you got to ride all the way, even like the border of Condor, right, right at the like, edge of the world, edge, as far as you can be, because um, it's literally right on the coast. And he and he's like, got to ride all the way there, and she's like, all right, good luck. So then. At least one of our favorite moments. Well, because she's like, "What do you mean?" And she's like, "Listen, got to do what you got to do." And he's like, "I don't want to. I don't want to lead men in the blight." And no, I I won't take up my crown. The the seven towers are broken. And she's all like, "You told me that pretty is heavier than a mountain. You gotta you gotta carry that bitch. So get after it." And then she leaves. 
There's one of our favorite moments where she goes to this bar, like a tavern or whatever, and and, and she's like, hey, a message. You need to send this to everyone who can hear. Husband, a land Mandragoran, the king of the seven towers and, and the thousand lakes and the, the first sword of Malkir and the Didamed battle lord and so on and so forth. Moment. Riding so forth. for the last battle. You gonna ride alone or what? And they're all like, no. All right. You oh, about it? About. <laughs> You're gonna be about it, be about it. Like shames them all into being like, yeah, we gotta, we gotta go, man. Golden crane flies, and they're all just like weeping. Yeah, they're, they're like laughing. The guy, I remember that it's from like the guy she's talking to a perspective, and he's like, he doesn't know if he's laughing or crying, but he's like shaking because he's like, oh my god, this is I, really happening. Kier is back from the dead. I just, I, that's one of my quotes I wrote down, which was, <clears throat> just, uh, this is the naive quote. His land once told me that Makir lives so long as one man wears the Hidori and pledge that he will fight the shadow, so long as one woman wears the Kai sign and pledge that she will send her sons to fight the shadow. I wear the Kai sign, Master Aldragoran. My husband wears the Hidori. So do you. The landman Dragoran ride to the last battle alone. They're all like, nope, nope, coming. They just start cheering about the golden crane. Uh, sick stuff. Rest. Oh, yeah. It was, I loved it. It was one of my favorite moments of the book. I mean, a lot. this book is a chock full of moments I love. Uh, another cool little. Um, Thing we can touch on real quick before we get to all of Matt's stuff, because I don't want to get too long here, um, is that uh, Elaine uh, takes wins her little scuffle. She the siege ends. She has and she's queen right yeah. now, right? Or she so, has control of um, Camelon. Basically, there's it's two things happen at once. So get wind that there's some evil. Some of the black sisters are in Camelon, and she's like, ah, I bet I could just go fight them on my own, and it uh, predictably goes poorly. <laughs> they take her captive. And at the yeah. same moment, <clears throat> yes, they, they kill, kill her, her other ones. friends and they take her captive and they're going to spirit her away to the White Tower, probably, right? Or no, somewhere bad. Somewhere even worse because they're yeah. black sisters. No, so they probably um, show ghoul or something. And so at the same time that her enemies who are laying siege, they seize upon this and they launch an attack. So Brigitte has to real quick rally the forces to save Elaine. Um, and she gets to see folk to open the gateway and take her out, but then the men are dying with the droves because they're riding against Aes Sedai, who just used lightning on them. <laughs> and one of them has a bellfire, uh, a biscuit bellfire gun. gun. <laughs> and um, <laughs> see folk are like, "All right, fair enough." I guess if they, I guess if she literally dies, then bargain wasn't really useful. So we'll just, all right, take care of it real quick. Okay, there you go. Bang, boom. There so then they set. seize upon this to then ride up behind the invaders and. And take them in the rear, and, uh, and she wins a battle, and she defeats her, the invading army. So then those people all either become her captives or fall in line, and are like, "Yeah, we'll be on your team now." Actually, and then eventually the rest of them are like, "All right, I guess, I guess we should probably all be on your team." <laughs> and they are. They all pledge to her, and uh, she gets to. She's just you know, which is good for her. She doesn't get Holy to be way. in the next book, so it's good she got that out of the way. <laughs> yeah, that's some fun stuff for sure. I mean, it's a cool battle. It's very. It was. It was quite harrowing. Oh, yeah. I was like, "Come on, see folk." Like step in, like don't let all these guys die for nothing. And like yeah. one of them, they just they just stuff and they fucking do. obliterate because they just strike strike her with lightning. I think it's the one who has the what? fire rod, right? And she just the bellfire burst out of there. <laughs> the rest of them, they just like club. And then another thing, a little we can touch on real quick for Matt. Uh, Avienda is separate, is going back with the Aiel uh, to do wise one training, and she also finds out she can just pick up. Uh, Tarangara and just know what they can it's do. Quite helpful because so many of them are uh, left over. Well, no, which is really all of them unknowable. up until like ever months ago when Elaine learned how to make them again. Um, they're all from the Age of Legends, so most of them it's been lost to time. Mm. What they can even do. One of them is just a Kindle. Books on it. It's nice. I mean, it's cool. 
Yeah. Uh, let's move on. Let's move on to Matt's stuff. So Matt, a couple of th- crazy things. First off, we finally get to learn what's in Tom's right. letter. Uh, so finally, Matt, Matt's like, Tom, what the fuck is that letter you keep reading? You're reading it every day for like hours on end. What? What? How could you not know it? And he's like, here, you want to look? And he's like, I guess. It's, it's uh, Moraine's letter to him, which we knew, but we th- what we originally had theories about, again, I don't remember, we've talked about amongst ourselves, but I don't know if we said so on the show, we thought it was like, oh, it's going to be like Elida, Stilger, or gentle your nephew, Owen. And it was going to be that, just whoever, for, you know, character, what a comfort sort Yeah, whoever it was. Yeah, we assumed it was Elida because she's the most important red sister and she's a villain, but, you know, it could have been any red sister. Uh, but turns out, it's just that, hey, Tom, go, when, when Mass asks you about this letter, give it to him and it's going to tell him that I'm getting captured by the Fox people and he's got to come get me with you and some other guy I don't know. Uh, get on that, huh? And Matt's like, oh, fuck, God damn it! I hate these fucking Fox <laughs> people. people hate these they keep, they're just hassling me all the time. <laughs> he's like, all right, I guess I, I guess sucks. I kind of die. So I guess I'll go for it. And uh, I guess they're going to get up to that. So he reads a letter and he's like, all right, Tom, I'll, I'll go with you when the time comes. Um, and then they just, pure happenstance, um, run into the band. Yeah, and he they're reunites like, oh, with the here. band of the redhead. Finally, they, I've been waiting for it. And me Tom too. Tom is like, Matt, we just happen to be here. What a coincidence! And he's like, sick. You guys doing? And they're like, we've we've gotten so many guys. We've got a map maker now. We've got sick new high tech crossbows. It's gonna be a good time. And he's like, this is awesome. Yeah, this is incredible. I can't wait. Let's let's just let's all kill all the Shan Chan. Uh, that whole that whole part part is to, from Tuan's perspective, where she's like. Hmm, this guy I thought was a goofball and kind of a schmuck. He's uh, he's more dangerous than I realized. Now he's in his element. A schmuck and a goofball. And here he is. And you're like, wait a minute. He, was only, he only seemed like a buffoon because he wasn't doing the thing he's best at, which is here. Battle. Yeah, or, being a leader. Battle. War. Like she says, uh, a line in a, in a stable is kind of a funny joke, but a line on the plane is very dangerous, and he's on the plane because he's... he's He's, he's in what he wants to do. Ready to, so his plan is that like the Shan Chan armies are positioned in such a way to block their exit. So he's got to move them all around. He's got to like draw them out. So he does all these little skirmishes and, mm-hmm. and ambushes and engagements to like obfuscate his numbers and uh, make it out like he has more people than he really does. And because they've got these sick crossbows, they are as effective as an army many times their size, um, according to like the mm-hmm. conventional understanding of of how they wage war. And so. Basically, they're able to weigh punch above their weight class, and um, there's this like really interesting ambush scene where they do this. They take full advantage of the crossbows, and they just kill like two thousand Shan Chan real quick. Fight? They're not even Shan Chan, really. They're like um, Amadisians, like fallen. Yeah, they're like I'm a Yeah, they're Amadisians in the the country that starts with T. Chico, I think the yeah. one with Tanchico in it. Urban? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, and there's like a real interesting moment where he's like, "All right, fellas, let's uh, let's get moving. Then we gotta we gotta cover some ground." And um, it uh, what's her name? Jeez, oh the Twan? I said I the green sister who's with them. Oh, I don't remember her name. T something, I think. Yeah, uh, Teslin is her name. So Teslin's like, "I'm a green sister. I don't know about war. You gotta you gotta stop and uh, render aid to these men." And he's like, "Nah, <laughs> we're gonna head on out. Gonna fuck them. This is a different kind of war, man." This is a new war, baby. She's like, that's war crimes. You're committing war crimes, Matt. For the first time ever, a a fan of a fictional character who is a military leader actually commits a war crime. Instead of just like mm-hmm. doing war, they commit actual real world war crimes. Or not real, their world war crimes. 
So I'm just like, Uncle Iroh did a siege and he's a war criminal. That's not how that works. Matt actually yeah, did a yeah, war crime. He really kind of did. <laughs> he was like, I'm, but we love him right. for it. God bless him. So, um, he meets up with the, or then they, they continue this campaign and, um, well, side character I quite enjoy in this book. He's in the, he's interested in the last one is, uh, Juan's, uh, he was like, he was like the leader of her guard basically, right? Back in the day. And he's another character yeah. along with Tuan herself that is like, goes to kind of humanize the Shan Chan to an extent and be like, ah, oh, there's, there's something to these people. Like, they're not all like just, of course, like horrible, soulless monsters, right? It's more complicated than that. His whole thing is like, yeah, again, he's part of the Shan Chan and he's part of this horrible machine. But, you know, he's also this guy who, like, just, you know, to, to you know, save this girl that he had a genuine connection with once because she did some, she did a kindness for him once and he, he remembered that. You're like, well, I mean, you can understand where he's coming from, right? Like, so bad. Like, yeah. yeah. She was a little girl and she was nice to him and he was nice to her and he's like, you know what? This isn't so bad. I'm going to protect this girl because of that. Like, you respect oh, yeah. him. So he's he's been hunting her down, and he, he sort of pieces it together before the rest of the, the schmucks do, where he's like, all right, I think I know where these guys are, and I think I know what they're up to. Tracks him down, and he's... And I don't think, I don't think Tom's he's like, who else could it be other than that old crafty guy who was who was in or, uh, Budar? No, of course, it's Matt, and he's like, oh, you want to take Tuan back to Budar? Well, he's like, well, that's probably safest for us, so go on ahead. And he's like, what? It's this whole scheme he concocts where he like tries to convince him that there's like a hundred thousand Sean Chan coming for them, and he's like, "No, no, no! I, you can just take her. Yeah, <laughs> you're all cool with it, and uh, I'm yeah, cool with it. I'm... And uh, you can guys, you guys can you trust him too? On and she's like, "I trust him with my life. Guy, this guy, I gave him my doll once. He's cool. He's real swell. You have my doll still?" It's like, "Oh no, I don't. He's in that fire." She's like, "Oh yeah, I read about that. Sean died like a hero. Cool." Your son died saving pe- many people. Only men would save one person. He saved like five or six before he fell. Your your, your son's base is hell. And he's like, God, God damn Appreciate it. Thank that. you. Like, All right. Let's get on that. Appreciate that. All right. Take and my own. That's care. when the moment finally happens. Because Matt's been like three books now. He's like, hey, this, this is the daughter of nine moons. They told me I got to marry her. And then she's like, my husband met. And uh, she does the thing she got to do to. She says the things. She says it three times. And now they're married. And he's like, oh, geez. I'm married. Oh, no. <laughs> Like God, oh, God damn it! He's like I don't know to him. He's like I'm gonna kill the people. Like, I like you and all, but I didn't. I didn't think you like, liked oh, me. Fine. You know, it, it seems it seems abrupt to just get married because you're kind of mean to me and you just kind of like pushing my buttons. I didn't know. No, you liked me like that. She's like, like you. It's more of a political thing, but we'll see where we'll see where it goes. This <laughs> <laughs> takes us. He's like, oh, okay, cool. and then she's got the moment where she's like, because the since she's arrived in in the in the Westerlands, she's been all like bailed up which is something in the culture where she is hiding her true identity so she's just acting as a high lady not as the actual heir to the throne and then also in these books here uh is it in, the, is it in 10 or 11 samurag is it samurag one of them kills the whole royal family of shan chan and descends yeah, the yeah yeah it's samurai okay, so i think it descends the shan chan continent into into chaos uh uh, there's like slave uprisings and stuff because they it's just the order of everything has been destroyed. The Empress and her whole family's been killed. Tuan is just is the Empress now. Um and you know, as soon as she's able to realize at least she will be. Uh so that makes Matt like his consort of Chan Chan or something. They say he's the Prince of Ravens, but I don't even think that they, yeah. they don't even yet fully appreciate that uh Tuan is the Empress, so he's I guess like the Emperor? Probably not really, yes. but something that effect. the emperor yeah, probably something very um, important they do a big battle to cover her retreat which again they just like really use them crossbows as well as the uh explosives 
They don't dragons. use the dragons yet. They just use like little quote unquote air cracker oh, grenades. They use the firework like fire things. Yeah. yeah. They blow a guy's head off. Yeah. It's like, oh Jesus, blow the guy's head off. So they're they're gonna change it all. Change the way war is fought clearly. They they do get into that finally. She fully explains it to him what she intends to do with them and, and how she intends to make these dragons, which are gonna be basically just mortars, <laughs> cannons. It's like, well, I have these tubes that I use to launch the fireworks, but if I made them out of out of bronze, I could shoot them like three, four miles, fill them with explosives and blow shit up. And he's like, alright, sounds good. I'm gonna need a bunch of those. I'm gonna change war and kill so mm-hmm. many men. <laughs> Just kind of like this interesting thing. It's, it's you know, seemingly the um, fulfillment of, of the one prophecy that he gets from the Elfin, right? Which is that he yeah. has to sacrifice half the light of the world to save the world. Um, which is like he has to bring this mm-hmm. like horrible terrible thing into weapon into the world weapon. that's gonna surely be responsible for the deaths of thousands if not millions eventually or whatever right because got to you know that leg up against the sean channon eventually the shadow in like the last battle like it's you know you gotta do what you gotta do to an extent because it, and the, it could touch mm-hmm. on the next thing we're going to talk about here but uh you know, like whatever the dark one's gonna get up to is obviously gonna be worse so you kind of gotta take the lesser of two evils there it's kind of the right, it's yeah. kind of the philosophy that so goes what, through a lot of the characters in these books is like Ailing is kind of sketchy and, and the Dragon Reborn is kind of sketchy and all this but it's like well it's better than absolute you know pandemonium so destruction of time destruction. <laughs> yeah the world <laughs> of reality it's like there's this there, Egwene has had a couple dreams about him using these explosives somehow she doesn't really fully understand it obviously but she she sees glimpses of it and like she knows that it will be great and terrible and responsible for many deaths and then Matt himself has a dream at one point where he's doing it but like the dark one himself is laughing because it's like yeah you're kind of serving his ends aren't you like much destruction this one's destruction and chaos also is kind of almost as good for him so craziness but he gets to be prince of the ravens now so good on him I say oh yeah he's the worst kind of lord he's he's, he's everything he's he's for to destroy isn't he Long while now, they've all been oh. like, no, you're not quite a lord, but you're all right. He's like, I don't want to be a lord. I hate lords. Don't call me lord. And now he's a lord. Yeah, now he's like, the, but he's like even higher. He's, yeah. the high, he's as higher than a king. He's a fucking call him bird. highness. And he's like, that's probably just their version of saying my lord or whatever. But then they're like, oh no, you're like, like the best. You're like the tippity top of the whole heap. Yeah, if we can. If I, if I laid hands upon you, yeah, bro, you're, you're, I would be shamed for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'd, I would be killed. I'd be hung. God. <laughs> what i need yeah that's that's about that's what i mean now we're gonna we're in the in the finals here basically i mean we truly are in the last three but these are the ones that like apparently once upon a time were intended to be one final book that was gonna come like you know wrap up everything so these last three should pretty much one and all be like quite uh yeah, quite meaty quite packed full think. of stuff so we'll see we'll we'll next time we return to discuss these we'll uh have to you know aim on on how we think sando did yes Relatively, I'm. I really am curious oh, yeah. to see how like noticeable of a shift writing is. The shift the writing yeah. comes. I don't know. I don't know if Brandon just uses his mostly his like natural kind of style, or if he makes efforts to really kind of like more closely imitate uh, Robert Jordan's or what. But we'll we'll see. The last one we got here is the prequel. Right? Yeah. Is no, yeah. Not not too much. Well, to say it's about practically this, a novella. Just, uh, uh, yeah, it's very short. It's like a breeze compared yeah. to the knife. Which is wild. Wow, it's one of those. It's like a Brandon Sanderson novella, which is like, well, it's kind of just a full book, isn't it? But in the context of this, we're all like, oh, yeah. novella. Wow, look at how 
brief this is. <laughs> um, and he's talked about how it's the whole point is actually he kind of wrote it with the intention of being um, a, a new jumping off point that people could use if they were so inclined, which I think is kind of uh, interesting. Wow. When you read it, you definitely kind of get that. Like on my um, audiobook copy of it at the end, there's actually an interview with him that plays for a little bit. He talks about, yeah, he talks oh, about how fun. there's some elements in here where like some of the more obvious sort of elements of the world are explained in New Spring. Um, because he mm-hmm. added the intention of like totally new people might get engaged with this, which makes a ton of sense. Cause like you, you know, if you look at where it was at this point, right. Where path of daggers had just come out. Um, and there was eight of them. It's a lot of books to just jump into. Right. So of like intimation right, yeah. with that, you say, oh, there's, nice. here's a short little novella you can read. And if you enjoy it, then, then you can read the other ones. So, um, but yeah, mm-hmm. it's basically, it's about, um, kind of how Moraine and Land meet, and how they kind of get set on their their mission to find the Dragon Reborn that we find them in, in the by uh, the world, right? So it's got like Moraine <laughs> coming and I said I like taking the test and who finally the test, but in, when it uh, entails, um, we war. get to see the Aeol War. Um, we get to see them bond each other, like Moraine bond land. Man, sets off with like and got this list that they get of of potential dragon reborns and they're like all right let's just go just go try to find them kind of the first mission she takes up and it was really the only mission she takes up for her whole that's that's her cause right they say that blues their whole thing is that they pick one cause basically and that's what they kind of stick with forever and that's hers like right away she's like this is what i'm gonna do and she she sets upon it and storyline is basically that he again he's like the whole you know the uncrowned king and all this and he could potentially take up the crown of Malkir if he wanted um, but it's not a thing he's willing to do and the plot of this is that this woman he knows from his past who was his what do they call it there's a name for it I'll see if I can find it mm. the fuck Jack what's it called what the fuck is this Jin I don't even remember how they pronounce it I don't remember I don't remember they said the book so I was kind of I get the pronunciations. She so she's a surviving Malkiri woman. She she was alive in Malkiria when it still stood, so she's a good bit older than him. And she is Lan's Carnira, tongue word first. Yeah, yeah. Her, she's her first lover, basically. And yeah. in Malkiri society, apparently that gives you like amount of control over a person. Um the idea is that mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems so. Take, you're supposed to have one before you actually get married. So, like, there's not an expectation, actually, that you're, like, virgin or anything when you get married. Um, and so this is someone who's supposed to be older than you and, like, kind of, I don't know, mentor you in that way. And uh, then, yeah. like, they get a seemingly, a, a ch- like, a say in who you eventually get to marry and everything. So the whole plot here and is she's that like, she's like, I want you to marry my daughter so that she can be queen of Malkir, and you're gonna ask, you're gonna summon all the banners, and you're gonna gonna take up crown again and uh, take back Malkir, which seems like an ill-fated attempt, even if everything went correctly. Yeah, it seems like because then you gotta fight the uh, the yeah. light, all the shadow. The, the outcome of this is basically that these two plots cross paths here, and Mar- Moraine in searching for the dragon reborn. Uh, the it's a follow of a black sister who is also searching for the dragonborn to kill him, <laughs> and uh, they get kind of mm-hmm. wrapped up with each other. And the the black sister kills um, Din's daughter, anyways. So that puts a stop to all that plotting. 
and then Moraine's like, "All right, Lan, why don't you just come with me, oh, yeah. and we'll we'll go we'll go we'll do the events preceding Book One of the World." And he's like, "All right, no, we'll, do, we'll, we'll do all our adventures." I guess I'm fine. I can't be bothered. I'm so tired. I was just gonna go into the blight and die, probably. So I guess this is as good as anything. Probably. Good anything, I guess. As long as I guess, hopefully, I don't meet my wife, my future wife. There's like anything. a new character in here. Apparently, I guess because of when it came out, it was um, it's not. It is that's wins in Path of Daggers, right? So it's not the first appearance yeah. of her, is it? I'm trying to think of. Do you remember we looked into like when to read this, and someone was like, "You should read it after I think 10 because there was a character who was supposedly, but yeah. I don't know who it was. Couldn't couldn't figure it out. Did you? Ah, uh, no, I didn't because. I would have thought it would have been Cad Swain, but even then, like you said, she's er- Sorry, entries in an earlier book. So maybe that was like... Could be, yeah. mistyped that, yeah, and it was supposed but, to be like eight. But- Cad Swain plays a big role, and Moran's kind of untrusting of her, and thinks maybe she herself is a dark friend. So we'll have to see how that all goes. I don't know. I, I'm kind of undecided myself. This book per- definitely put me in doubt, because before I was like, no, like, seems like she's mean, but she probably has to be like a good guy, right? I don't know. This book... Oh, we're supposed to trust Moraine. Like. If there's any we can trust, it's her, surely, right? Yeah. And she tells Rand after she's like, I'm dead. Don't trust any other I think Varen no matter is who they are. as well, for that matter. It's, oh, absolutely. Especially because we've we've learned now that like there's this circular logic that they can kind of apply where they they can help him when it's beneficial, but then also not like... Because he's like, oh, they're helping me. They can't be evil. But the reality is that they're like, well, no, actually, we think in this case it it serves our purposes to help you. And then, you know... And then we'll kill you, kind of thing. Like, there's all this. No, okay. So, we gotta yeah, let the Dark exactly. One have we his fun to, we with you. We need to make sure you get to the last battle so the Dark One can kill you in the last battle, of course. And it's like, oh, geez. So, they, there's there's almost no way to tell who's really on his side or not. Um, but, yeah, good stuff. It's cool. It's a, I don't know. How did you feel of it as a as a prequel, as a thing that we've read in the in the middle like this? I liked it. I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a nice little, like, little palette change of pace. Right? Like, nice. Like, oh, going back to. Yeah, kind of going back to the start. Nothing too crazy. Going to see all our old friends again. Being like, oh, there's Moran and Swan, like all mm-hmm. young and bright-eyed and not kind of schemy. They're doing the Ice to Die test. All are like, oh, there's Alana and Vernon and I- Elida and all those guys. And Lan is, you know, I, I liked it. It's not a I ton super, like, sightful and it is there. It really is more of, because I was kind of was expecting a little bit more of that, maybe. Not that there's anything wrong with, with how it, yeah. Now, but like, I guess I was expecting a little bit. Like, oh, there's probably going to be like little references and things sprinkled in here that are going to be revelatory to us. But it's like, well, no. As guys who've read all the rest of the books, this really it doesn't have a ton to provide you. Because again, as it turns out, it, it really is intended as a new starting point, sort of. Not, it's not really intended to be like in the middle kind of thing. So I did have a couple of things that mm-hmm. I down as like fun little references or kind of cheeky little jokes. Um, one of them is that. Like, oh, Swan, you're so good that you could probably be Amarlin in like within like a hundred years, <laughs> which is funny because we know that she'll be <laughs> Amarlin within like 10, in 10 years, 15 something or something. Like that. Um, and then there's one yeah. where there's a, at one point, Rain's like, I don't know about this, Elida. And then Swan is like, oh, don't worry, a lot is never going to do harm to us again. <laughs> funny. <laughs> unfortunately, go that way. Does a lot of harm. She very much does. And the only other one I noticed was at so one much point harm. they're just like walking, or I think it's towards the beginning. Maureen's walking through the tower in the green quarters, and she like sees some a green sister watching her boarders train. Um, you recall this? It's Elias. Oh, it's yeah. Eli- Elias is in there. 
It's like, oh, good job, Elias. Yeah, there he is. Pre-wolf. Good, good swing there, Elias. Good job. And I'm like, Elias. Elias. What are you doing Elias, there? Get out of there, quickly. Elias, they're going to get you. No. You better run. They see you. No, no, please. They Don't go near the wolves, Elias. No. He can't hear me. Fuck. He's got to What's crazy about that that I was like thinking about that kind of gave me pause? It's like, is Elias still bonded to his eye said eye? No, I, no, I think he says he. it's gone now. I remember. Uh, but yeah, overall, it's just kind of. I think it totally would work as an actual first book for sure. Um, it, I think it would lead better into Eye of the World than it does into than it does where we read it. But it's just a matter of necessity. Yeah, um, I totally think I would recommend to anyone who intended to read it. Like, if you're gonna do the whole series, probably probably just read it first. Honestly, yeah, I, I would say I think it would depend. I think it'd be more likely to suggest it to someone who was like eh. on the fence about reading it. But if someone had just like, oh, I just wrote a Stormlight, I'd be like, well, just just start at book one. It's not really yeah, going to be yeah, anything stopping gosh. you. I don't know. Because there is there is a fun, there's like a certain um, enjoyment to like the way that the world slowly unravels or, or along the course of the first three or four books. Whereas this would kind of like get a lot of, yeah, get out ahead of a lot of that. And so I guess mm, it explain it explained the White Tower to you in its entirety. Like, I guess I could see, I, eh, gosh, I don't know. But I will say, like I said, I, I can't tell what exactly we were supposed to be looking for or like that we needed to read it so late. I feel like you could easily read it in the middle yeah. of the series pretty much if you want. Yeah, you could probably read it yeah. book seven or something. Once Cat's one's introduced. Yeah, not, I almost think it would have been more fun to, to go from this Catswain to then be like, oh, Catswain's in the main one. Whoa. We almost don't yeah. get anything the opposite direction. I'm just like, oh, well, I get, I know Catsway now. Whereas when Catsway first shows up in the main books, it's kind of like, it's kind of sudden, and you're not sudden. really, yeah, you're not sure of that character at all. It almost makes more sense to have introduced to her previously because that's almost how the story treats her. So, um, I had a couple yeah. quotes that I thought were good from this one too. And we'll wrap it up. Yeah, I got. Um, he was swimming in a sea of other men's expectations. Oh no, sorry, he was swimming in a sea of other people's expectations. Men had drowned in seas like that. That one I thought was kind of insightful. That's um, cool. He's got one where he says, "In war, you say a prayer for your dead and ride on, because there's always another fight over the next horizon." And this is from the very end after they do their fight. Uh, Marin says, "It seems Ryan was wrong as well as a dark friend. You were better than he." And says, "He was better. He thought I was finished with only one arm. He never understood. You surrender after you're dead." She's kind of Land's whole thing. <laughs> All right, good. Oh yeah, Land was Land was trying to die at every moment. That's his deal. He loves, uh, yeah, he's a, he's a big martyr <laughs> character, isn't he? A bit of a complex, really. Yeah. Oh, he loves being a martyr. A complex, really. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. He gave it to Rand. He, he transferred that right on. Talking about sheathing the sword in your in your own flesh and all that shit. Like, madness. So, um, though. Um, that's, a, that's probably going to wrap us up, eh? I, I think it will. So we're going to wrap it up right about here. Uh, again, always, thanks so much for listening. You can always contact us on Twitter at Akatech Jazz, Akatech J-A-Z, on Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com, or on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Listen to us wherever you'll find your podcasts. Our logo is on my friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him at inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. Our intro is done by a friend of the show, Celery Salt. You can always find him on SoundCloud with his new single with a B-side and shortly coming Spotify content. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Good night. Good night. And Godspeed.